Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. What's up, weirdos? I, I'm so thrilled about this episode. Jason Manzukas, I've, I've been trying to get him on the show for a long, for a long stead. And uh, unfortunately, I had to keep canceling, and sometimes he couldn't make it. And, and finally, we got him in, and it was everything. It, who says this? It was everything I hoped it would be? I just did. Me and little children on Christmas. Uh, but here we go. Here are the announcements that get out of the way. First of all, I want to say another heartfelt thank you to everybody that came to the pilot. It was incredible. The entire, all three audiences of like 200, 250 people three times, were all weirdos. It was amazing. I can't say, I don't have the means to express how important that was to me and how much that meant to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, weirdos. Thank you so much. Here's some stand-up shows coming up and some live You Made It Weirds coming up if you want to come to a live show yourself. Uh, September 6th through 8th, I will be at Stand Up Scottsdale in Scottsdale, Arizona. September 21st, the Comedy Mutant Show at the Nokia Theater. That's right here in Los Angeles, California with Brian Posehn, I believe Kyle Kinane, and other names that rhyme. Uh, September 23rd, the Riot Fest. We are doing a live you made it weird. Uh, tickets are going for that pretty fast, so get your tickets now to the Riot Fest. Uh, you made it weird on September 23rd. Uh, September 24th through 26th, I'll be back in Canada for a live You Made It Weird on one of those days. October 3rd, the Firebird in St. Louis, Missouri. October 4th, Jukebox Comedy Club. We just added this in Peoria. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that video I made of myself bombing, but that was in Peoria. So I'm going back to Peoria, to a different club, uh, a decade later, to hopefully do better in Peoria. That'll be very redemptive for me. Uh, October 5 and 6, the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. October 11th through 13th, Skyline Comedy Cafe in Appleton. Uh, October 14th, Cedar Cultural Center in Minneapolis. November 17th, the High Watt in Nashville. November 17th, the uh, Relapse Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. That's a new one. Hmm. Sometimes I find out about these when you guys find out about these. November 24th, Paradise Rock Club in Boston. Going home for the Paradise, November 24th. Hope to see some homegrown weirdos there. November 29th through December 2nd, I'll be at Cobbs, co-headlining with Kyle Kinane. And we're going to be doing a live You Meet It, uh, you meet it Weird. You Meet It Weird? It's a reenactment uh, festival. We have broadswords and mead. And we talk about, you know, if you believe in dragons. Well, it's not a bad riff. December 5 through 8, Helium Comedy Club in Portland. December 12 through 15th, Helium Comedy Club in Philly. And December 21st, Gramercy Theater in New York, New York. Uh, com is where to get t-shirts, buy in for weirdos. And the uh, sponsor, I believe, today is Amazon. Let me see. I'm pretty sure it's, it's Amazon. I'm going to do Amazon. Uh, yeah. Okay, so what you do is, if you're going to shop, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so good at sales. If you're going to shop on Amazon, just go to uh, Nerdist.com, go to the description of this episode, click on that banner, and then shop on Amazon through Nerdist, and then uh, I guess we get a sweet, sweet cut of that, which is great, because Katie was attacked by pigeons. Somebody just told me last night that they thought one of the Katie ones was real. Just to be clear, those are always fake. Enjoy. Jason Manzukas. Thanks, everybody. Oh, we forgot to do a crossover no, sit down. Oh, really? Zookies! Would you sit here, please? Sit there? Yeah, first get a hug. Hey, buddy. What's happening, fella? I'll see you this weekend. Yes, right? That's what's happening. Excellent. Hey, how are you? Good morning, guys. Thanks for being here. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. Doug wants... over there? I'm just going to sit in for like the first second or two. 
Sorry for the delay up top. How dare I? I also got you an iced coffee, but it looks like you already have a coffee. Oh. Doug, do you want an iced coffee? No, I'm good. Oh. I just did... Does uh, vodka taste good in iced coffee? It doesn't taste bad. Okay. I mean, it's okay. Have you done I'll try Bumbershoot it before, Doug? Yeah, a bunch of times. Oh, is it great? I'm yeah, excited. It's so much fun. You're going to Bumbershoot? Yeah. Super fun. Pete's been there. Yeah? Yeah. Up You're until not going this I, time, I, though, I right? told him not oh, to have him back. Oh, boy. That is weird. When Arge and I, Arge, your friend Arge Parker mm-hmm. and I did uh, Bonnaroo, he knew I was so nervous. It was like one of my first festivals. And we were in the van together going back to the airport to go back to Los Angeles. And Arge said, and I completely believed him, he goes, did you get your see you next year thank you gift basket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And I was just like, what? And you he's, fell for he's it? He's the worst. I'm he does, so those, gullible. He does that so shit gullible. to everybody all the time. You're yeah. adorable. I am adorkable. Uh, he's not happy if he's not pulling some sort of weird prank on somebody. Also, you gave me, I was emceeing at Bumbershoot, uh, which is hard because you do more shows than everybody else. Yeah. And you were like, here's a joke for you. And I did it, which is like, are you guys ready to bumber shit your pants? And I did it every show, and it worked. <laughs> I did it every show. That was a Doug Benson I'm doing original. it every show this weekend. You're yeah, not, you're it. not going to be around. Mm-mm. I'll be there, though. Somebody do You'll it. call me on it. Yep. What, are you, what are you doing there, Mantis? Oh, we're doing uh, How Did This Get Made, the podcast that Sheer June and I do. I, well, yes, live. which I did with you yes, for exactly. Al Pacino, for the Al Pacino's 88 oh, yes. Minutes, which was so much hey, fun. Very good. Do you want to do your Al Pacino impression now? I, I know you're setting yourself no, up. No, 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 no. I, I you also know this isn't a show yet, right? No, no, no. She's recording. We're recording? I always want Katie I, to I didn't know this was happening I on, on the show. I have two things. No talking before. And no I talking before? Record as soon as we fucking start talking. As soon as these fuckers get in the room, you press record. <laughs> Man sees two things up top. One, you're one of the funniest people I know. Two, right, right. you that. gave me, uh, do you remember relinquishing the rights to the, to the exercise? Because I was like, is it okay if from stage I teach people how to do a Boston accent with your touchstone, oh. which is burglar? <laughs> Yes, the words are burglar and smuggler, and, and also drug, as in drug smuggler. I do your burglar, want... smuggler, and drug smuggler. Drug smuggler. Drug smuggler. This oh my fr- God! Do you know? You know, Marty. 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 He's a he's a total fucking drug smuggler. The drug smuggler from fucking Everett. From Situate. No, it's from he's, <laughs> he's from, from fucking, fucking Situate. Situate. He's been fucking smuggling drugs in. He, he's been burgling houses. He's taking him from fucking Everett to fucking Situate. Are you fucking kidding? Burglar in houses up and this down the North Shore. Fucking God. He's fucking that fuck. goddamn burglar smuggler. He's, this fucking, he's, he's smuggling burglars. He's fucking smuggling Mexican burglars. <laughs> in. They're yeah, burgling houses so they can buy drugs to smuggle them out to Canada. They smuggle them. Tylenol 3, you fucking smuggler. Tylenol 3? Yeah. I am, no. I don't fucking go Tylenol. I go PM. Uh, I fucking uh, cu- I pop a couple of Tylenol PMs. <laughs> I Do they a- have Tylenol AM? That's just right. Do they have breakfast I, I, Tylenol? I, 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 Nailed it. <laughs> tylenol BM. Is, oh, uh, boy. It's, also it's a, a laxative. Yeah. <laughs> Pow. Fucking uh, a friend of ours, who I won't mention, and just in case he doesn't want it to, went, we were in Canada together, and he wanted a bunch of that fucking Tylenol that has codeine in it. Yep. So he made this whole fucking elaborate backstory that he's going to go into the fucking pharmacy and be like, give me fucking 500 Tylenol 3 because I had back surgery and I fucking can't sleep with this fucking vertebrae. And he just went and said, can I have 300 Tylenol 3? And they just gave it to Really? Him. Immediately, no questions asked, no proof of citizenship, nothing. They were like, here's your codeine. Wow. He gave me some. How was it? 
I don't really notice. Are you on it right now? I'm not. No, I wish I were. Are you all fucking Tylenol threed up? (laughs) I'm through the fucking roof. On a scale from Tylenol one to three, I'm at a three. Guys, pizza on three again. Take it to PM. (laughs) I do take an Advil PM more than I'd like to admit. I do that with Benadryl. Really? Yeah. Tell me what that's about. Benad- oh, I, I to get mean, a lot like, of rashes to, or something? Or no, no, no. Just to sneeze. Are you saying to, th- to sleep? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. I take it, Benadryl I, makes you sleepy? Oh, super sleepy. Holy but shit. But it, it makes you, um, it make it gives you a like druggy hangover in the morning. Like it's hard to wake up. Oh. Like uh, Dayquil. Yes. NyQuil. NyQuil. Those Not Dayquil. Linga. The opposite of Dayquil. Well. NyQuil. <laughs> Linga? I, you've done some VH1 stuff too, right? Uh, I did, yeah. Uh, and Douglas Fresh has as well. Sure. Yes. I've done a couple recordings. They told me I was too dark. No. To, con- to continue, no. not dark colored. Uh, oh. <laughs> the look on your face was like, no, they didn't. Yeah, because they told the disease the same thing. Uh, fucking no, they told me I was too dark on uh, Best Week Ever and that they weren't going to use me anymore because everything I came in with was so mean. Well, they do want it to be They very do positive. want it to be positive yet yes. insulting at the same time. You go, and I-, I was very mean. And when they would pitch me jokes, they were like, well, wouldn't you say that Paris Hilton oh. blah, blah, blah? I would be like, I wouldn't. Yeah, interesting. No, you can't. Yeah. Uh, that was part of the frustration of that show was that it was fun to come in with your own jokes, but like anytime you didn't have a joke for something, they'd go, "But can you say this yeah. about it?" Oh yeah, and I was like, "No, I can't say that about it. I couldn't think of a joke." So what, yeah. the joke you guys came up with, I'm Captain Playball. If they were like, "Would you say something like this?" I would try and put it in my own voice. But right, but then they throw you on like as a tra- transitional yes. thing. Yes. Like you'll just suddenly be between two other people yep. going, "Yeah," and that's why it was called a puppet. Yeah, or whatever. Because and then, you're helping the producer stay on theme, Their which theme gets you in the their mix more. Yeah. But I feel like um, I don't know. I I, I I couldn't. I did not want to play ball with. Makes them you for less some funny. Reason. It makes, makes me. Funny. It makes you have less of an identity. Yep. And it makes you more malleable for them, it's, which helps them. And and I think, but it was tough. Yeah, you're just narrating their storyline. It's came funny because Aziz, uh, who didn't do very much VH1 stuff at all, told me the same thing that he would not. If mm-hmm. they were like, "Would you say Paris Hilton is such a purse whore?" Yeah. And he would be like, "Nah, man." Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't. Was that all an elaborate setup for you to do your Z's? You just wanted to do your Z's impression? You. you know, Pacino did a couple. Do you have a list? Is that pad of paper there a list of the impressions yeah. you want to crush today? You sound like Mark Wahlberg, just regular. Yo, you think? Hey, how's it going? Uh, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, that's not bad. I, I, don't, so, I don't really, I don't do it, but I, I bet I do. Say, I bet hey, we're bo- say, hey, Ted, my girlfriend wants me to grow up and so, stop hanging out with a teddy bear. So, hey, Ted, my, uh... My girlfriend wants me to grow up and uh, stop hanging out with a teddy bear. It's fucking great. Uh, yeah. It is funny. I bet. I mean, I'm, so I don't good. cultivate it. I've never tried it. I think it's or just, from the happening. It's the trees. It's the. It's, what about what is about, that? I haven't seen. I, we that, gotta do that on our. That's podcast. how I started my Wahlberg, where I go. What about the bees, guys? What it? It's a, what about the bees? Yeah, we gotta stop and think about the bees. What about the bees? The fucking oh, what about? Us? Oh, what about the trees? What about the trees and the, the bees? Trees, the trees are breathing the life. Trees things. And the bees. They're making weak in our knees. <laughs> oh boy. Fucking brilliant, Marky Mark, Marky Mark, pride of. Don't let him call you. Let him hear you yeah, calling him Marky he'll Mark. Punch by the you way. in his underwear. Really? He he is not a fan of being called Marky Mark. Really? Oh no no no! I no. saw on the extra features of that movie Rockstar. 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 They played "Feel the Vibrations" over the PA in the stadium where they were like filming the rock scenes, and he danced like a fucking ninny. He, oh my god! He was a good sport. He. <laughs> He was on. Uh, hey, Mackie, wait a minute. He was on Howard spot. Stern recently. <laughs> he was on Howard Stern recently, and he was talking about what a fucking m- mogul he is. Yeah, I mean, like it does. It does. I'm now going to jump someplace else. It does boggle my mind that 
he goes from being a kid who is in prison while his brother and everybody else is in New Kids on the Block. He's in like he was in prison. He was in prison for and what? Drug smuggling? I think it was murder. It was no. It was like it was drugs and violence. I think it was breaking and enter- I don't know. I can't. He remember. was a burglar and a drug smuggler. He was smuggler. some sort of fucking burglar, <laughs> fucking stealing he's a, drugs. He's a smuggler, drugler. He's smuggling. At he's the, a smuggler, drugler. He's smuggling all the drugs. He's burgling. You've heard um, of the ham burglar? He's the drug burglar. He's the drug burglar. <laughs> Anyway, he's in prison while they're all phased and is now like produces Boardwalk Empire yeah. in treatment, like fascinating. Entourage. Yeah, entourage, obviously. But like, I'm fascinated. Like, <laughs> Didn't think you needed to take that down a peg. <laughs> entourage, entourage, garbage television. He's in The Departed. The Departed. Yeah. The Fighter. The he's Fighter. He's a producer he's of the movie The Fighter. He can still do pull ups and he's like 50. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing fine. He's a talent. He's a born again Christian. Is he? Yeah. No, he isn't. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, he purports to be. Really? Yeah. Speaking of purporting, he says he was supposed to be on one of the flights on 9 11. Yes. And, and didn't Seth go McFarlane. For some reason. Seth McFarlane, who wrote Ted, who uh, Marky Mark is in. Yeah, yeah. He was supposed to be on one, too? Yeah. Well, anyway, Marky Mark says that he would, uh, he could have stopped. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know. I did a parody video where I did an impression of Mark Wahlberg going, like, if I had been on that plane. I just did that. If I'd have been on that plane. I was like, if I was back there with Jesus being crucified. I would have crashed it into the trees. I would have stopped in there and been like, hey, Pontius Pilate, shut the fuck up. Broke his knees. Jesus would still be alive. <laughs> it was basically that. It was feel fun. it. Feel it. <laughs> <laughs> feel it indeed. I saw him at a fucking Boston Salt Lake's game. In the, in the garden or in the fleet center? In the garden. Well, the, the, the new or the old? The old. The new. The new. I've been to the old. You're yeah. from, where are you from in Boston? Uh, I'm from Nahant, Massachusetts. Nahant. 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 Fucking two fucking Nahants. Uh, fucking tiny, a tiny one, one square mile island off the coast of Lynn, Massachusetts. I didn't know it was an island. Yes, it is. It's, conne- it's connected by a uh, man-made two and a half mile causeway. <laughs> that connects the island to the mainland. But to Lynn. To Lynn, Massachusetts. I feel Lynn, like, Lynn, the city of sin. You yeah, never come out the way you went in. Why would you elect to have a connection to Lynn? <laughs> Who knows? Who <laughs> I knows? just lost two it is Lynn. Like, it is like a lifeline to, to, <laughs> to, to like instantaneous murder. It's like if you called 911 and criminal showed up. It's like, it's, it's like if you called 911 and 911 direct, went directly to Cambodian gangs. <laughs> <laughs> they have to fly. <laughs> And connected by a man-made we a situation near a causeway. Yeah. Why did you build this causeway? We're by here way, to kill and, you. And the causeway will wash out. Like it will be uh, like during storms. Like you can't get off. Really? Or yeah, oh. you can't leave the hunt. I mean, big storms. Not like stuck not, on the hunt. Not frequently. That's your new movie. Happen. Stuck on the hunt. Stuck on the hunt. I went to I the Fairly Brothers. Are direct in it? <laughs> You're turning me up right Am now. I? Sorry. No, you just turned me down too okay, much. You too turned much. me up just a little snippet. I wanted to hear Ooh, a nice. little bit more of my melodious voice. Yeah, it is melodious. <clears throat> but and you went to school in Vermont. Is that right? I went to college in Vermont. I now, when to, I hear yeah. that, I just see you guys eating Ben and Jerry's and throwing Frisbees under your knee. Uh, pretty much. Is that right? Yeah. It was a lot of... Um, I think me and Jessica all... St. Clair performed at your alma mater. Oh, Middlebury? Yeah. Middlebury. Uh, yeah. We did the St. best Claire. week ever live. Were you there? I don't know. Me, Jess St. Clair, Mike Britt, I think. Maybe Doug Benson. Might have been me. Might have been Christian Finnegan. I think uh, it was you, actually. I think it was? it was you. They made some jokes about me opening an antique shop with Mike Britt, and that would be my sitcom. By the way, I don't remember. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Like straight up, kind of great idea. Excuse me. That's uh, this is John Mulaney's impression of Mike Brett when they were at the airport. Excuse me. You're saying I have to go all the way in the back of this line? No, no, no. 
And they got like on the flight earlier. It was great. My favorite part is that you're now doing impressions that other comedians are doing That's of all other I comedians. Got. This hey, is John Mulaney. How are you? This is Al Pacino talking to me. I just want to say, I find your work in the improv group Mother to be fantastic. I can't do it. I had one glass of wine. Who was that supposed to be? Yeah, I know. Fuck you, man. No, I, I think it sounded really good, but Pacino. not quite there. It was Pacino? Al Pacino. I couldn't quite find it. If I have one cocktail, which I did because I just did your food podcast, mm-hmm. impressions go right out the window. I don't know what it is. It's not a good subject. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know there was a food podcast. Yeah, there in was. The Doug Benson Podcast Empire. There's yeah, a food one now? I got a third one. It's called Dining with Doug and Karen, and Pete was on. It was and delicious. Had some food. and Had some food. Do you do we, it in And then here? we went right. That's why I'm still here. We just went right into this one. Yeah, we do it You do it. You bring table. the food in here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I flirted with a broad. With a broad? Yeah. yeah, I love, yeah the, I lady, love, the lady who cooked the food. Yeah. Oh, oh, she comes in and cooks it here? No, love, she brings it already She cooks cooked. it and she brings cooks it, it but has like little heaters and you know how they do. What'd you guys eat? You know how we caterers right do. We right here. Was it fucking delicious? We had it's some fucking great. braised you... beef and some oh, little sandwich with some figs in it. Are you fucking kidding me? Beets and made an appearance. Yeah, grits. Beets? Grits were part of the program. Do you have a girlfriend? No, I'm single. Single. I'm living, I'm living single. Are you in a 90s kind of world? I'm living single. I'm like, How do you I'm, do it? I'm Johnny Silverman in the single guy. How do you guy. swat away all that dictator pussy? <laughs> so much dictator <laughs> pussy. Because that's what happens when, when, when people go and see the dictator. They're like, I want to fuck that, <laughs> that guy with the giant beard and glasses. Well, we should say that you were in the movie The Dictator mm-hmm. with Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, as your relatives call him, Ollie G. <laughs> yes, my, my relatives do love him. As do Ollie, they? As Ollie G and Borat, though. Yeah, the boring. Oh, they don't love the gay guy, Bruno. No, they love. They like. But they, they like that fine. But like my, my when I told my parents I was doing that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen movie, they were like, "Oh, we love that Borat." You yeah, know, yeah, they yeah. Love Borat. My mother has no idea who Borat or Ali G is. Is that right? Yeah, my my parents don't know how. Look, I'm only saying this to have you comment on it. My parents in fucking Arlington, Massachusetts. Arlington. Don't look. I love them to death. What they knock out of the park, they knock out of the fucking park. Which is what? Uh, provision. My father's a huge provider. All right. My mother is an overabundant love. She gives so much oh love my God, and that's support. Important. I like that. It's great. But when it comes to like an understanding of show business, like what it is, like I just did this pilot for Conan. My, I told my mother that the taping went well, and she was like, that's great. I have arthritis. You oh know what God. I mean? Like, Are you she, serious? It's not that she doesn't care. She just doesn't know how to relate to it. Does she understand where in the hierarchy of what you're trying to do that kind of opportunity falls? Kind of, but not. Not really. Yeah. Not really at all. Like, even if I did, like, I did a So movie. they didn't come out and watch you do the no, tapings? No. Would you have wanted them to? Uh, they casually mentioned it, but I think it was just so my mother could, like, go to dinner afterwards. It wouldn't be necessarily to go to the taping. Are they supportive? Are yes. they, like, they're on board for this career? They're they don't, on board. They don't they, pull you aside to be like, come on, when are you going to, like... No, never. Okay. Not once. But they don't brag about it, but they, they, they will brag about it. They'll tell their fucking friends in Somerville that, that their son was on Conan or whatever. But they won't necessarily stay up to watch Conan, which is kind of fine. There's this, like, eyes-off policy that when I was doing Best Week, I was like, I'm going to be making jokes about, like, fucking... Uh, I remember a- Alan Cumming. No, what's, that? what's his name? Alec yes, Cumming. Yes, Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming had a new lotion line, and I was like, it's called ejaculation. And as soon as I said that joke, I was like, I'm so glad my parents aren't watching this. So that was very liberating. Oh, that's, that's not that dirty. That's I, not that bad. My parents I, watch I, Best I, Week ever every week. Really? And, yeah. And, you know, 
they didn't really say much about like they wouldn't comment on any content that was like dirty or whatever. See, and then, but, but they're not religious. I did a no, play. No. I did a play in college that my parents came to, and I was like, just so you guys know, in this play, I have sex with a corpse. <laughs> and they were like, what was the play? Tea and sympathy. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. They were like, they were like, oh no, that's fine. And really? They were a hundred. And like my parents have seen. Improv shows I've done where like I am a horrible person. Like, oh I, yeah, they anything watch, can happen in an improv. They will show. watch in. They will watch anything and be like, "You are amazing." Really? Yeah. They they, they don't care if it's and dirty. they know who Bruno is, they, and they know who Bruno is, and yeah, and they love all that stuff. They they are hilarious. They're not like they are. Um, they are kind of support and positive attitude just like wins out over any kind of like oh that was shocking or oh. that was whatever god bless them they are funny that way yeah That's i got lovely. away with swearing on stage in front of my parents and they you know like every once in a while my dad would say something like well that was you know that was maybe a little too much or what really you know, i don't care for that sort of thing but it's uh i'll get those jokes from my mother she'll they're be like, pretty you know they're it, but it is interesting how proud they are but they also do not understand the business at all right and don't even the steps they take to try to understand the business don't are very not very helpful. You mean you're talking about you or me? Because either way, I'm talking about work. all of us. Yeah, like it's just there's this thing. There's just this thing where they like it's kind of like uh, if you're lucky enough. Like in my case, I'm lucky enough that the internet is a cutoff. Like my parents don't do the internet. Okay, good. So oh, my parents figured out how to have a Google alert from by name. No. <laughs> so now they will be like. Did you know that someone has written a blog post about you? No. About about how good you were in the dictator. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. Do you have a Google alert for Of yourself? course I do. You do? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I you're seeing it first. I know what's up. Uh, Wait, what happens? Google just tells you when someone Google, is... If somebody writes something about... If you're mentioned, and if there's like a... Like, say, the dictator comes out and the New York Times reviews it, and it'll, it goes on their line, I'll get an email from Google that's like a link, a hyperlink to that story. Uh, she so you, must have gotten tons of stuff yeah, from I them. actually disabled it <laughs> yeah. during that. Normally, it almost never happens. It yeah. never goes off. But when, the, when that movie when you're in came a movie out, that and, comes out. and it's incredibly repetitive because yeah. it's basically... People reblogging it, re- retweeting yeah, so it. If, so if then Pete posted the New York Times review on right. his blog, I'd then get another Google alert for the exact same thing. Right, so right, it's, right. Yeah, that's pointless. But m- my parents tracked it like it was... They were following like something truly important. Uh, yeah. Like an alien following you in an air duct. Sure, sure, good, sure. Good while aliens you, reference. While sure. you and Newt are trying to escape. Yeah! <laughs> Newt! By your reaction, I thought you were just letting it go, and then you joined me in you. the cradle of joy. How dare you? I, I fucking don't care for myself. So tell me about your weird hippie college. Wait, how do I exit gracefully? Oh, you, you're you welcome to stay, but you can also exit. I don't want to stay for all, Jason's whole show. Well, we probably won't get I don't get want to make deep. it weird that way. We probably won't get as deep. It's, I want you to make it weird, Pete. Is that your graceful? That's graceful. Doug Benson, everybody? <laughs> I'm so glad you stuck Whoever's in. Whoever's listening to this, just clap right now to yourself. The best would just be if sit. you said you were exiting, then stayed, and then in a half an hour just started talking again. Ah, uh, Chris Hardwick just ducked But in. what was your favorite part of filming The Dictator? Uh, like, if you had to... All right, I'll, no. I'll go. I'll go, but this was a fun crossover event. It is a crossover. How soon is this one going to come out, Katie? It'll come out on Friday. Oh, okay. If so you mine's listen... coming out on Thursday, and this will come out on Friday. If you so. listen to Doug Loves Food... With Karen. That's not what it's called. Who's then, Karen? 
My yeah. friend Karen Anderson, a nice. very funny comedian. She's like the late... she's not the woman that cooks though. No, no, no. she's we, your co-host. We bring in a man or woman. Got you it. know, no sexism there. Who cooks for us? I gotta tell for you, free on the... every episode. I expect an invitation. To I the will show. have yeah, you, on you gotta for sure. do it. Keep in mind, sure. I'm allergic to eggs. Okay, that's actually a great place to start. I we got... can give look, the chef those look. kinds of. Uh... <laughs> Egg Wait, al- you have notes on me, the yeah. first of which is egg allergy. Egg allergy, <laughs> living abroad, teaching improv, Vermont College, and Google history. That's all I got for you. Okay, I'm out after three of those. <laughs> uh, Doug Benson, everybody. Doug loves food with Karen. You'll find it on iTunes. Just fucking search it. See you, man. It's called Dining with Doug and Karen. Dining with Doug and Karen. I'll see Thanks, you Thanks, guys. Weekend, Doug. See you later. I'll see you at Bumper Shoes. Yep. Stay black. Oh, and also... Uh, <laughs> He's got nothing else. Jesus, what was that? Just a bunch of bullshit. What the hell's going on? He just thinks he can sail in here and just fucking sit in all my pockets. I didn't know that while I was sitting here, I could just look out over Meltdown. Isn't it kind of fun? It's like we're in a factory that makes comic books. Yeah. Uh, But we're like the bosses because we're up above. Uh, When's the last time you smoked a cigar? Never. You've never smoked a cigar? That can't be true. I mean, mean, I'm like a million years ago. You're Greek. I'm Greek, yes. You look Middle Eastern. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, is that awkward for me to say? No, no, no. I mean, I look a lot of. I would say that I am ambiguously ethnic enough that I look a lot of different things, and I especially look, which is good for Hollywood. Sure, it's great. I look anything Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that can go Spain, Greece, Italy. That can go yes, Lebanon, yes, Egypt, Israel. Yes. So. Which is where you lived for quite a while. I understand after college. I did. Let's fucking start with. What did you fucking Google me? I did Google you. you You're friend, one of the friends. I haven't. I know we are friends. To... I could have called. I texted Jessica St. Clair and I emailed Jackie Clark. Oh, funny. Neither of them got back to me in time. Amazing. Which is fine. Hilarious. But fucking speaking of your egg allergy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You t- I, I heard a fucking great story about you. I'm going to do a Boston accent. You want to just whenever do I Boston want. accents I, the whole time? I, I, I want sli- a pass to slip. Or you just want to come in and out? Slip in and out. All right. All right. I'll, I'll allow it. Because I recently- You better be going somewhere with this, though. <laughs> what are you, a judge? That's I'm a, fucking hilarious. I'm a judge. I'm a judge. <laughs> I'm a judge on a one-hour drama. I got so many different things. We got Vermont College, Hippie sure, College. I want to hear sure. about that. I want to hear right. about traveling abroad. But right. first, I want to hear a story about you and Jess St. Clair, who okay. I love. Yes. Doing two-man improv. Two, okay. Two-person improv. Uh-huh. Where you ate a sandwich that it purportedly had a little bit of egg in it. Is this oh, true? Do you okay. know the story? You, yes. I know the story you're referencing, but you have this, the, the fact slightly wrong. The people the, wrong? The story is actually even crazier. Because <laughs> um, you have an aggressive egg allergy. I have a, yes. I have a life-threatening food allergy to eggs, everybody. That's wild, because oh, eggs Lord, are everywhere. Cookies, eggs are in everything. Brownies. Cookies. Thai food. Fuck Thai food. Well, Thai food, yes, a lot of Thai food, but curries almost never have eggs. There you go. So if I go to a Thai restaurant, I can get I can get like a um, a yellow curry or a red curry. Well, you got to explain fine to them, it. like, you can't oh, put this yeah. on a plate that had... Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't scoop it with a spoon that you've scooped other stuff with or Jesus. like a pad tie with or like it's yeah. that it's that serious. Like I had a, I kind of feel bad. That's... I had a reaction last year in New York and I all I had eaten was rice and beans. And I was like, oh, there's 100 percent no way this is made with eggs, but they must have scooped it with the same thing that they scooped eggs. with. Oh my God. This is crazy. So um, what happened when you when okay, you have so a small Clair, reaction? What small is reaction like? is um so uh, I go into anaphylactic shock if I eat something with eggs in it, right? Which basically means... Your throat it, I, closes. Yeah, my throat. Well, everything swells, including your throat. You your know, dick? and your throat swells shut. My dick, my dick you... gets huge. 
And when I when I have when I eat something with eggs, I'm like, fuck, I gotta get laid with this big egg dick. I gotta get laid with this big egg dick, and then I gotta get to what a hospital. Um, <laughs> Oh, that is the essence of comedy, but turning your is. condition into you know, humor. Like, I love it. I exa- oh, totally. Yeah. I have the same allergy that people have to peanuts or sure. to bee stings. It will kill me. And so um, a huge portion of my life is trying to impress upon uh, <laughs> wait staff the importance of actually following through with does this have eggs in it? Yeah. Because for a lot of them, they're picturing... I'm saying, does this uh, salmon dish have eggs on it? And they're like, eggs in in the preparation. And in their mind, they're picturing like, no, dummy. There's not like a fried egg on top of that salmon. Right. But what they're not thinking is like... The glaze. The glaze. Or there's breadcrumbs on this salmon, and they use egg to make the bread that they make the breadcrumbs out of. And so now I'm dead. God, yes. So it's super that way. Anyway. Can I interject with my vanity? I was like, this is why you're in such fucking good shape, because you have to be so thoughtful. Which is where I always I, see you at the juice bar. Fucking juice bar. I love that fucking I'll juice say bar. this. this the, that is the most egregiously L.A. thing that I have participated that in. That both of us participated in. That, that I had no concept of or and would even, if I had any passing knowledge of it when I lived in New York, I would have derided completely, which is sure. healthy juices. You and I go to Real Raw Live, which is right by UCB. Yep. And I go there almost every day. Which for a lot, I do too. Which, which though, I will say this. Okay. I have had now. <laughs> I have now. You're in a safe place. I have now, I believe, narrowed down the fact that I believe I was drinking too much of the green drink with ginger because I was having chronic diarrhea. Really? And I was like, there is, I don't know what, everything else is the same, but I was like, maybe I'm having the green drink too much. Like maybe. With extra ginger. With extra ginger. Which I do now. And maybe it's that. Maybe it's the, then I started to be like, maybe it's the extra ginger. And this is like, everybody just turned the podcast off. (laughs) And was like, was like, no thank you, asshole. But I was having the most insane diarrhea of my life. Like waking up and being like, oh God, oh God, oh, oh. Yeah, what? There's two things that are now happening to me, which is I have the, 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 I'm getting old. There are things that like mark the passing of time or the, the aging of my body. One of which, though, the most upsetting of which is, you know, when I was younger and my body was like, you need to expel either urine or feces, my body would be like, you got an hour. Like, buddy, buddy, you've got about an hour to figure out where you're going to get rid of one of these things, right? Yes, yes. My body now gives me about three minutes. <laughs> my body is now like, hey, fella, you're all full up of everything. Yes. Hurry up and figure it out. Yes. I have almost shit my pants in my car in Los Angeles or peed my pants in my car in Los Angeles so many times. It's normal. Holy cow. It's, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, dangerously, yeah. I'm just like, last week it happened in a way that I was like, I, I was like, okay, I know I'm going to be able to get to my house, but the act of the act of walking from my car to my bathroom is impossible. That's so negotiable. I'm going to have to shit in my yard. No. I was like, I'm prepared to no. shit in my yard. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in the gate. I'm going to pull my pants down. I'm going to shit in my yard. Thank Christ I didn't, but I literally was mentally preparing myself for the reality. Of shitting in my own of yard, being a yard shitter, yeah, like a, like a, like a, like a, like I'm an animal, like I'm a dog that is like I can't control this. This shit needs to come out of my body. This is where it belongs, right? <laughs> ah, it was this absolute is my insanity. Patch of lawn now, insanity. When's the last time you shit your pants properly? Uh, 
Has it ever happened? It's ne- it, I, I had a wet fart about a year and a half. <laughs> oh, my God. I had a wet fart about a year and a half ago. I, I just turned the podcast Oh, it off. was awful. It was Everybody, by the way, just turned the podcast back. <laughs> they were like, hey, did you listen to that? Uh, the, 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 you, you made it weird with Jason Manzoukas? Oh, I yeah. turned it off when those fucking assholes were talking about green drink and like how healthy they are. Oh, but did you stick around for when Manzoukas has a wet fart? Oh, no, I'll pick it back up. Um, wet. Fart. When I was a kid, I, we used to call I, them wet toots. Dude, you know what I fucking had the other day? Is a wet fart. I haven't had a wet fart in years. Oh my god! So I'm at a. I'm. I. I, I took. <laughs> I took this job, and I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm part of this. I was part of this writers' room for Imagine, the company Imagine. <laughs> uh, 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 and, and so, it, but the the job entails uh, uh, ten writers sitting in a room for an entire day, workshopping people's scripts. Right, <laughs> and that's you know that's part of the thing. It's like one of the first times we've all met. There's a break. I go to the bathroom. I'm peeing, and I go. Okay, that's all. I give a little toot, and then I'm like, "All right, boop, a boop, a boop." And then I'm like, "Huh, something weird." And then I'm like, "Well, this is crazy. I don't think this just happened." But I go into the stall, and I take pull down my pants, and I look in my underwear, and there is not shit in my underwear, but there is a wet spot. So I don't know what's happening. At this point, Wait, it's clear. It's not cl- well. It's it's not clear, but it's also not brown. It's like it's not like it, there's no like it's like it's a viscous, not solid. You know what I'm talking about? It is. The situation is immediately harrowing. Okay, because I genu- I need to go back into the room, but now now I'm in a situation where I've got. I've got shit-smelling brown, not brown, but like liquid, like, li- vi- like a slightly viscous fluid in my underwear. So I, my body breaks into an instant sweat, and I'm like, oh god, oh god, because because two things instantly happen to me in the immediate. In the immediate, I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to function? I need to work the rest of the day, and then I instantly am capable of macroing out and saying, what's wrong with my body? Why did I just do that? Is something wrong with me? Am I sick? Does this mean something's wrong? I instantly have like body panic. Okay. So I wipe I wipe panic. a bunch. I wipe a bunch yeah, on my butt. Give it a good wipe. Give it a wipe. There's not and frankly, there's not much there. So I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. Then I'm like, well, what am I gonna do here? So I carry a pocket knife with me every day all the time. You do? I take my pocket knife off and I out and I cut the underwear off of my body. <laughs> what? I cut the underwear off of my body because I don't want to be the guy who's in the bathroom at Imagine taking his shoes and pants off in the stall. So you just cut the whole thing off? I just cut it at the seams and take it off like a diaper. Why not cut the section of the moist out? What? (laughs) Why not just make them crotchless panties? Why would I? Why? To give the illusion of having regular panties Don't need it. Don't need it. I need to get because, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. I'm not sure what's. I'm in a straight panic right now. I don't know what. I'm like. I need to get rid of this now. But now you have a full fucking man underwear. What are you gonna do with it? Okay. Oh, such a good question. So, <laughs> is there a laundry chute? No, somewhere? no, no. I wish. I wish. What I do is I go out. I get. I get a, a whole bunch of paper towels. I get Can a whole I, bunch of no paper towels. No one else was in the bathroom. Is no. this a one seater? No, 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 no. no. But it's no like one a, else is in there. Nobody else is in there. Thank but someone God. could come in. Somebody could have come in at any point. This is like this is a three or two urinal two stall situation. <laughs> a two and two. A two and two. A classic. <laughs> you know what it is, Pete? It's a classic two and two. It's a, it's two up, two down. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> two up, two down. A two and two. I go out and I get paper towels. 
I wrap my underwear in the paper towels and I shove it to the bottom of the trash. Sure you do. Uh, I wash my hands like 10,000 times. <laughs> I go outside of the bathroom because, oh, this is the other thing. It smelled. The wet fart smell. <laughs> so then I was I was worried that the smell was going to follow. Well, yeah. So then I got outside the bathroom and stood there for a couple of minutes <laughs> trying to think, trying to, trying to, in a neutral environment, yeah, see. see if I could smell You it. need an outside potty. And I couldn't. Yes. And I was like, okay, so I'm going back to the room. No one's walking by as you're just standing there Nobody's doing a walking smell by. check? Nobody's walking by. <laughs> so I go back into the room. I sit down. I, pull my, I push my chair a little bit far away from everybody else. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, I seem cool and, and like a cool He's cat. He's detached. Yes, a cool cat who's detached, but I'm really just like, oh, please, now that I'm sitting down, don't let the inherent butt sweat of sitting down turn into smelly poops. Right. <laughs> regain its unity with the smell. Uh, our good friend, uh, Scott Ackerman, is in this program with me, yep. seated near enough to me that at another break, I'm like, I had a wet fart earlier. <laughs> Can you smell it? No, that's a good friend. And he was like, no. So um, that is the last time I shit my pants. Holy fuck. We have like nine open threads of conversation. I open. know we do. We keep a lot of irons in the fire. We got college and we oh got egg God. allergy. But that's a pretty good one. Bread um, breadcrumbs is. When's where the last you time you shit your pants? Me personally, yeah, it's been a long time. I think I was in college, and when I I went to a religious college, and uh, the internet was there. Okay, remember when the internet was new? So this is like two thousand, oh, no. buddy. I did not have the internet. In what college. is that? What do you mean? What? When I was in college, there, How old I are you? was not. There, the internet was not available. Thirty six. I'm thirty nine. Thirty nine. I got an email address <laughs> my senior year of college. Holy fuck! It's the first time I emailed on a punch card. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. Yeah. All right, uh, so you can relate to that. Oh, a hundred percent. The so, internet was like, like the. Uh, do you remember when the internet, like when the people first started being able to watch things on, like videos online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the video of um, in the Pacific Northwest they exploded a beached whale? No. Do you remember this? It was a video. It was like a news footage. A dead whale washed up on the beach, and, and, and I remember we were in the computer lab at Middlebury, and people were like, <laughs> "You gotta see this. This is the craziest thing. We could just pull up this video." And so a, a dead whale washes up on the beach in the Pacific Northwest somewhere, and they don't know how to dispose of it. Ten minutes of loading. I'm right. Guessing, they don't right? know how to... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it probably took hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know how to dispose of the whale, and somebody proposes that they pack it with dynamite and blow it up <laughs> so that it's in smaller pieces so that they can then dispose of the smaller pieces, okay? So they pack a whale with dynamite. They explode the whale, and enormous pieces of whale rain down for, like, a radius that they did not anticipate. We so did not anticipate all, this radius! So also, well, no, what happened is also people came to watch them explode the whale. So then what happens is pieces are raining down, and people are like, ah! It becomes like a monster movie. It's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> so we watched that. We watched that, and then somebody was like, "You know, if you type blowjob in, there's videos of blowjobs." Really? We were like we were like, "What? What are you talking about?" We were like, we were all this is, and this is exactly it. It was senior year. I was writing a thesis that was not good. <laughs> Me and my three friends were writing. We were all late on our theses, and we were in the computer lab like nonstop. What was your thesis? Uh, I was a whale explosion. I have, I have. This is going to fa- this is going to be interesting. We get ready to write this down, yeah. Holmes. I was a religion it. major. Oh. I just wrote religion, and I, <laughs> brother, and I wrote a thesis on um, 
uh, uh, it was bad. It was not very good. Uh, but I, I basically wrote a thesis on uh, orthodox iconography. Okay, we'll like get to that. Representations of Christ. I know what iconography is. Yes. Iconoclasts. No, well, all right. I know, not exactly. I know what this means. What's that? The duality of Christ and the Trinity. Nice. Don't worry about it. Okay, pretty good. It's, it's a podcast. Do you know what this means? This means signs up, guys. This is Boy Scouts. <laughs> this is Boy Scouts. Signs up, and that, when the sign is up, you've got to be quiet. It's a podcast, and we're signs doing up, hand gesture yep. humor. So, okay, so you're, you're on your internet, and you're oh, watching and, blowjobs. And then we watch blowjob videos. Yeah, and, we're like, whole, and it takes us like an hour to watch a 15-second clip of a, like a, a <sighs> shitty clip of somebody giving somebody a blowjob. I'm right there with you, and that's what made me shit my pants. So I get to college. And I'm there. Where'd you go to school? Gordon. Gordon? You know Gordon College? Gordon College? Where it's, is it? It's in Wenham. Wenham? Right outside Beverly. All right. All right. Believe me, I'm familiar with Beverly. <laughs> Believe me, Beverly. I'm, I'm familiar with Beverly. Beverly Farms. <laughs> well, Beverly Farms would be a train stop if you're going to Gordon. Oh, nice. All right. Beverly Farms. Right and, by, wait, and Anasquam, right? Yeah, yeah, right by Endicott College. Oh, Endicott. I'm Endic- familiar with Endicott. Endicott was right up the street. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I'm at Gordon college and i'm there like two nights before my roommate and some uh are you uh are you uh are you uh commuter kid or are you fucking living on campus i'm living on campus all right and so i'm in my uh fucking uh, little dorm room it's a bunk bed and uh they set up my internet or they're supposed to all right and then there's dial up i'm assuming it's dial up i don't remember what it was 90s. i think this it was got, like early it can't be anything else it wasn't over a phone i don't think it was over a phone i think it was like campus ethernet oh. early early stuff it wasn't fast all at right. all and I remember all I could think was I became obsessed like a serial killer. Like I was like, as soon as this doughy computer tech guy leaves my room, I'm going to have internet access. And I had never really seen pornography. I had never like – I had jerked off to like AOL pornography, which is not pornography at What's all. That? You could go into like chat rooms at, on AOL, which were chat rooms where everyone sends everyone that's in the room a single gif of pornography. Oh. This is how never por- I've never I don't know this. It's embarrassing. It's it's just like it was so it was hard to get okay. pornography at this, the beginning. Yeah. Oh well, be, be, I'm a freshman in college. Yeah. No. Wait a minute. What? I'm a sophomore in college. Middlebury. Middlebury College sophomore. You're in the middle of your Middlebury. And I go into the bathroom. <laughs> I go yes. into the bathroom. The yes. common bathroom on our hall. And there is a copy of a magazine called Over 50 <laughs> in the stall. Yep. And I'm. Who like, buys an Over 50? My mind melts because it is horrifying. Oh, I thought you were like just so desperate no, for anything. No, 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 no. It was Over disgusting. 50. Yeah, that's tricky. Pornography for me, uh, and I. I was not like a pornography kid. I was not like. It Is never, that because you were actually having sex? Maybe a little bit, but not. I just was. It just wasn't like if I found a Playboy or something like that. Awesome, but I was not seeking out pornography such that like when it when I came across it, like this over fifty magazine or the other thing that happened was I was in my dorm and there was like super loud, super loud. Like the guys a uh, uh, half a floor up had like a huge TV hooked up to huge speakers, right? Mm-hmm. Huge and like crazy. I'm the, and they would play shit late at night really loud and I they were playing something really loud and I was like annoyed. Sure. So I go up to be like, "Come on, guys. Are you fucking kidding me?" I go in and they are watching porn. Like there's like 10 dudes in a room watching porn together. That's so weird. And they're watching and this is like and I was like a pretty much like a really sheltered kid in a way in that I hadn't seen the, I hadn't seen pornography of this type before which was very kind of 80s 
or 80s or 90s, like video, in the 80s actually, it's 80s porn, like video porn that is just a a hole and a dick, just like blah 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 blah, just like a close up of a hole and a oh, dick. Oh, I see. Right? That's all it was. A hole I, being the vagina. The hole being a vagina. Yeah, a, a lady hole. Because they're pretty are... sure ladies like it when you call their body. Yeah, yeah, hole, I'm pretty right? sure that just. Hi, hey, babe, how's your hole? Is it wet yet? Let's do this. I just had some hot hole. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, I thought you meant like a glory hole. No, no, no. It was like a lady hole. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it was just, it was just a close up. Of a dick slamming into a, a vagina. And I just remember being like, what the fuck are yeah. you guys doing? Yeah. This is you. This is crazy. It doesn't feel right. I was like, this is, this, I, it felt weird and I'm wrong. curious if you're not a big pornography guy because you were, excuse me, because you were never taught that sex was wrong. Tell me about your parents. Tell me about your introduction to sex. Did not, did not, ha- I didn't get a sex talk. I got nothing. Got no, I got no. Well, you also didn't get any negative. Like, nope. did anyone tell you to wait until marriage? No, nope. example. Nope. I got no. I got literally no messages about. Sex. No, wait for love. No, no, not really. No, nothing. wear a bag. Don't nope. get a girl pregnant. Nope. Nothing. nothing. Literally nothing. You guys are close to Lynn. Uh, <laughs> and it, but the, but don't mistake them not saying for anything. Love, I understand. For, no, no, no. Don't mistake it for like tacit um, uh, 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 approval of anything. Sure. It was more. It, 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 I feel like it is much more about a discomfort or an unwillingness to talk about sex mm-hmm. than it was like do whatever you want. It I was, understand. It was. It was. It was also like. I also grew up on an island in a weird town in a weird, very sheltered way. So, like, I suspect if I'd been exhibiting aberrant sexual behavior, yeah. my parents would have had a talk with yeah. me. But I think I was... There was no need. No. I was, like, a normal kid, and then I had a girlfriend, and they that seemed normal. When did that happen? Like, later in high school. Like, in high school. You know what I mean? But, like, and it seemed... I seem, I think I seemed normal, so I think my parents were like, I think he's got it figured out. I, I, I don't mean to be so... Uh, Although, I don't know. We could ask them, and my parents could be like, we thought you were a real fucking weirdo. Let's get him on the line. I don't mean to be so obvious, but uh, when are we losing our virginity? Oh, older. Um... 17 or 18. Okay. Uh, like senior year of high school. Isn't uh, that, I'm sorry, isn't that normal? I don't know. Isn't that normal? I guess it's normal. People fuck around software. Well, well, I'll say this. Like, I, I knew people who, it, it seemed late to me because I was one of the last people I knew that was still a virgin. Yeah. Um, My crew, we were all virgins. <laughs> Well, you ran, it sounds like you ran with a religious crew, so that would make sense. Kind of. I did not, you know. Couple religies. Couple religies. Couple religies. Couple, a couple of Christies. <laughs> a couple of Jewsies. We were two and two. We had two religies two, two and, up two and down. just two theater nerds that just... <laughs> oh, well, I feel like they must have been fucking like crazy. Theater kids fucked like nuts. Yeah, like, you'd think so. But my fucking good friend was dating this Brazilian girl. Oh, boy. Whose father... Would always we always joked around with this with this guy's father because she'd he'd always be like if you touch her, I will kill you. Really? And then we always used to go and transversely if you, <laughs> transversely if you kill her, I will touch you. <laughs> but it was so bizarre because I dated a girl in I high school. I love that you guys in high school knew transversely had, had a joke that involved the trans the transitive property, property of mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying it, you, you didn't get laid. laid. <laughs> oh my god, our brains were one brain just then. It's called group mind. It's, called group <laughs> it's a great thing that's on the paper. Teach an improv. Uh, so you lost at 18 to your girlfriend of a while. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, is that a, is that how's that feel to think about that person? I'm being I'm not trying to be cheap. Oh, totally fine. I'm not trying to be totally cheap. fine. A, a, like a lovely, a wonderful person. So I, I like I'm very for for the amount of people I know that have like either kind of negative feelings about having lost their virginity and or just kind of insignificant. Like who cares? It just happened, and I but whatever, whatever. Right. I, I'm so happy that I did it with this person who I still am like. That's a great person. You okay, know? That's so that's great. great. All, all of that, I have terrific feelings That's about. lovely. Yeah. My fucking friend went to prom, senior prom, with his Brazilian girl who wouldn't do anything. She Not, would, wait. So wait. She wouldn't do anything? They were... I don't want to talk too much out of What school. if it was carnival? I don't... Th- <laughs> if it's carnival, my friend would dress as a woman and it would be a lesbian Ooh, thing. So that I like would be this. okay. I like this. So we went to prom. This was the ragtag group that went to prom. Me... Uh, and my girl, uh, my girl, my girl at the time, who I was just so in love with, so infatuated with, she was the head of the abstinence club. I was the head of the Bible club. Oh, man. Uh, my friend, my best. So you guys are, wait, so you guys, how long are you going out? We weren't even really going out. Oh, you weren't. Okay. You were just like. I was just like secretly in love with her and I would see her from time to so time. So you wouldn't even make out? I never kiss her. I've never kissed. You her. never kiss that girl. Never kiss that girl. Do you feel like she kissed me on the cheek once? Do and you it, feel I, at all like she's the one that got away? No, 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 no. She was she was my first real mm-hmm. crush. Yeah, and you know what it was. This is this is actually kind of interesting to me, and I'd love to hear what you think about this. Is the idea that like women to me weren't people until recently, and I don't mean that in the bad way. In the traditional bad way, like I, I looked at them or objectified them, more that I put them on the pedestal. And if a girl liked me, I was like, unbelievable, a girl likes oh, me? Yeah, Whereas if a mean. guy likes me, I was like, of course, I'm a likable guy. But if a girl likes me, I'm like, unbelievable, this angel likes me. Did you have an overly romanticized idea of male-female relationships? I think so. I feel like I, I, I had that as well. In a different ver- I had a different version of that, but I feel like for a long time... Because I grew up for a long time, I grew up. I, I grew up on this weird island. I did not have a lot of friends. I didn't have a like. I didn't have. I, I was. I grew up a very kind of isolated, weird kid, mm-hmm. and so a, a, a huge amount of my understanding, especially of love and male female relationships, came from movies. Hmm. Me and, too. And as such, kind of what you're describing is. I had a, a different version of that, which was. I felt as though everything that happened between a guy and a girl was the broad beats of a romantic comedy yeah. or a coming of age story. Yes. Or it had with it an import that was we were characters in a story of yep. us falling in love. Yep. Not necessarily like, oh, who is this girl? Blah, 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 blah. Yep. Here we are as people meeting. It seemed to me to be like I used to imagine like when my family would go on vacation and I still have a piece of this that still exists. That whenever we, because we would only go on, we would go on like one vacation a year, right? Or something like that. Whenever we would get on an airplane, I would have a very powerful, not (laughs) fantasy, but a desire that a beautiful girl would sit next to me and we would fall in love. Because there was, and it was impossible to, because I, there was no way I was meeting anybody in my one square mile town there was only like 20 of us, and I knew those kids. Yeah. There was nobody for me. So when I would get on a plane, I'd be like, there is somebody who knows who could be on this plane. Who knows? You know. And I would become upset. And even now when I sit on a plane, I was I'm just like, gonna say, maybe I'm a not... cute girl will sit next to me on this plane. Mancy's, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm still the same way. Can I put this uh, three words to you? Dead Poet Society? That mean anything to you? I mean, um, 
the uh, guy. I mean, obviously, I know the movie, but I don't sure. know the what you're just what you're referencing. In that was just a big romance thing for me. The guy, he he falls in love with a girl at an all girls school, mm-hmm. or something, and she has a boyfriend. So it's like uh, you know, unrequited, forbidden yeah. love. And he writes her poetry, and like I used to like write poetry and oh, stuff, yeah. and I was really, but like there was no cock to it. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Like, it was very safe. I wanted a girl to sit on uh, an airplane with me, and I wanted to, like, fucking hold hands and walk around a lake and stuff. There was, no, there was right. nothing dirty about that for, oh, no. for oh. another decade. I, um, I, when I was a freshman in high school, I auditioned for and was accepted into the Massachusetts State Orchestra okay. as a drummer, which meant that like a couple of weekends we went and rehearsed and then we did this big performance. And it was kids from all over the state and blah, blah, blah. And, um, <clears throat> and I had like that experience where I like, w- like started making eyes with and then kind of flirting awkwardly with a girl who was a flautist in the state orchestra. Oh, God. And then, on, but I wouldn't talk to her. We would just kind of make furtive eye contact with each other and communicate with drum and, and I mean like and yeah oh yeah yeah and You're I'm like, in the we, back we could start a revolutionary war together oh completely <laughs> I'm a freshman everybody's older pretty much but I'm a freshman I have a tiny Greek boy mustache oh. I'm like I'm a disaster <laughs> and then on the day of the performance the day of okay the day of the night of the night of the performance tiny Greek boy mustache yeah. oh my god Sorry. tiny Greek mustache so thin oh so, so wispy thin. so wispy and thin and then like a year later, full beard and mustache. <laughs> like a stone cold, like a man's facial hair <laughs> arrive, arrives on my tiny olive face. Uh, the morning, the mo- we get there in the morning, we have to rehearse that day. And then in between, we have like free time. And I talk to her and we walk around. We're, I can't remember where we were. We were in some high school in some place in, in Western Mass. And we walked around this empty school and held hands. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I was like in love. Oh, God. You're really opening up a lot of things I haven't thought about in a while. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I, I The girl that I loved in high school, uh, it doesn't matter. She wouldn't be offended. Her name, oh, it doesn't matter what her name is. If we, one time, I worked at the movie theater, Lexington Flick. She worked at Steve's Ice Cream across the street. Fuck yeah, bro. So one night after my shift at fucking... I scratch your back, you scratch mine. <laughs> I'll get fat on ice cream, you get to see all the movies. Exactly, that's true. We could have worked that out. I All that happened with me and this girl ever, we went to prom together, less happened. Wait, this is Abstinence Girl? This is Abstinence Girl. Okay. And I went over to Steve's Ice Cream, and she was... I remember they had one of those cold stones that Cold Stone made famous later. But I mean, Steve's had one too. They just oh, didn't. I didn't know this was it. a thing. Okay. Yeah, they have like a chilled piece of marble that they Got would mix it. the ice cream on. Did you have Emac and Bolios where you were? Yeah, yeah, in Harvard Square. Oh, we had one in, uh, up near us on the North Shore. Oh, really? Yeah, Swampscott had one. <laughs> Swampscott, <laughs> Massachusetts. That's where I went to high school. Okay, cool. I went, so I go and uh, I go to Steve's ice cream, and she's closing up. And everything was just slow motion. Like, it was, like I was probably a senior. I'm way too old to be telling this story. You're supposed to have this stuff happen like in Are junior you kidding? high. I, I, no, no. I feel like as – oh, you're too old in the story. I, I feel like I'm too or old. you're like, too old currently to be re- no, 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 okay, no. Okay. I'm fine remembering it. I just mean like I'm supposed to have a story of like, and that's when I blasted my load or whatever. Yep. <laughs> and I'm telling of you – Of course. I'm Wait, telling you – Okay, so you're telling me this isn't a load blasting story? <laughs> All right. I'm no, not as like, into it. I got a mix in for you, baby. Oh. Uh, Oh, boy. I'm so sorry. 
So she, I'm ruining the sweet memory for me. She's mixing up the ice cream, and I'm just making it awkward. I wish I'd pay a lot of money to have the video of this. You know, uh, that would be heaven. All for the me. time, I wish that somebody had been re- recording. recording. Yeah, I think in the future we might be recording a lot all the time. Like, That's the part of uh, Albert Brooks's defending your life that I love. Yeah, is that when they're doing it, they're watching their life. Right. That to me, uh, this sounds like a real narcissist, but I would love to go to heaven. And you have them. narcissist, you Impossible. son of a bitch. <laughs> I would love to go to heaven and be like, here's the best moments of your life. Here's stuff that you forgot that you did that were like good. Oh, like, it would be good amazing. Things you did. It would be amazing if heaven existed. If heaven existed, well, we'll get to that. You religious theory. <laughs> uh, the idea that like you you uh, casually stopped some kid from crossing the street and that kid was going to get hit by a car. Sure, That's that so kid, stuff. Barack Obama, and that kid was very Barack Obama. Obama. So she's mixing up the ice cream, and all, it was like a Thursday. And afterwards, I didn't even think anything was going to happen. That's that's what makes it so sweet. When oh yeah. When you're trying to have something happen, nothing happens. When you're just like, I'm just hanging out with a girl mixing ice cream. We go in the back. She locks up, and then she just all she she pecked me on the cheek. Something that I you know I do with my girlfriend. It's not a big deal. And that's how she was doing it to me. It mm-hmm. wasn't romantic. She's like, good night, kiss on the cheek, and my feet didn't touch the ground on the walk. That's great. You know what I mean? I yeah, was like, zippity doodah. Oh my god. Yeah. It was the fucking greatest thing in the world. Absolutely. And then at some point, she was like, we got to stop hanging out so much. Really? Yeah, she said something like that. Had you said so? Had you been coming on stronger? Had you been like trying th- to finger her or something? No, no, no. I'm uh, just uh, I think what I was doing was I was like I got to that place that girls don't like where I I think I was just assuming we would hang out. You know, uh-huh. what I mean, people like sure. to be pursued. People like to have their time be well, precious. People also like to be. I think, and maybe less so in high school, but I feel like. People like to understand the direction you're coming from. Yes. You know, and just, some just sort of being intention. there all the time yeah. is confusing and weird, especially Still for like a 15-year-old girl. To this day, setting some sort of intention, having a having a purpose oh, yeah. means a lot. Oh, yeah. Because then people can categorize it and be like, oh, wait, you're telling me this is a date? Yeah. I either am into that or I'm not. A friend of mine, he won't mind me saying, he just told me that there's some story where he's hanging out with some uh, broad, and I love the term broad as an empowering love term for women not mm-hmm. as a degrading thing so he's hanging out with his broad and uh in the middle of it he couldn't he couldn't get the signal right and he just said to her he was like i don't know what's happening i like you but i can't tell if you think of me as a friend or if this is something more and she was like no i like you and he was like can i make out with you and then they made out you know what i mean sure, that's like, great. all it took was being like what the fuck is this oh i do that all the time it's a great move i all the time i just am like I'm just putting this out there. Like I'm I'm like I'm asking you on a date. Yeah. You know what I, mean? like, or, I would like to make out now. Good How do you for feel you. about that? Good for you, Zook. Oh, well, p- part of it is good for me, but part of it is just like uh, it makes me anxious. You know, like it's a great moment in Annie, Annie Hall. Hall. Also you know? in Goodwill Hunting. I uh, knew you were going to go there. Group Annie one. Hall, I love that moment because, and that moment actually rings true because it's like he says, let's kiss now and get it out of the way so we don't have to worry the yeah. rest of the date yeah. whether or not we're going to kiss at the end. Right. And that I find very, and they, very attractive to me because I'm like, listen, at this point, I'm telling you, I think this is going really well. I definitely am going to try and make out with you at the end of this date. Right. And the girl is either like, ha ha ha, that's cute. Oh, yeah. And like something like that. Or is like, what? Right. And I'm like, got to get out of here. Right, right, right. Either way. And the, then I run away the, usually. And then I'm like, I'm going to use the bathroom and I disappear. You scamper. No, the cards are on the that. table. They also do that in Good Will Hunting. And if you read the script for Good Will Hunting, which I did, he says, hey, do you know in Annie Hall they do this? And in the oh. movie, it's just the scene without the reference to Annie Hall. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that weird? I took out the reference. Yeah, fucking Good Will Hunting, man. So what do you remember from over 50? <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> so then what, what happened, what came out of that was that over 50 turns out 
because then I was like, hey, guys, check this out. And then they were like, oh, my God. So then somebody found a whole, like, cardboard box of old porn magazines mm-hmm. that were all really weird fetish stuff, like over 50, <laughs> that were all so gross and so disgusting. <laughs> that ev- but, but there was a bunch of, like, gross, disgusting dudes on my hall. So they were like, this is fucking awesome. Uh, blah, 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 you know? And I just remember me and my roommate were like, what is wrong with people? This is crazy. Yes. Who? It was not the desire to see the naked female form. I have a powerful desire to see it, yeah. but not enough such that I would look at a version of it that I did not find attractive just because it was still naked tits. Yeah, it was weird. It's it's uncomfortable. I remember the first uh, porn I saw was something like we. Oh, you want? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was like very European and yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is this? And I remember I told my father about it. I was like, me and Chaz found this porn and it looked weird. I didn't, I just had to tell yeah. somebody that I thought it was weird because I thought that meant that I was like, I, I don't know if I was had a sophisticated enough of mind to be like, does that mean I'm gay? Because I remember what I saw was not pleasant. I still remember sure, what I saw. Sure, it was like, sure. even to this day. Does that mean I'm gay? Yeah, yeah. I don't know but if I, I mean, like, that. I feel like everybody has that. Or maybe they don't. Maybe I'm revealing something. But I feel like every young boy has that, what if I'm gay? I think, I mean... A a a period of gay paranoia of like... Like, I remember it very powerfully being friends with someone who was clearly gay, Mm -hmm. right? Being friends with someone who's clearly gay, but he did not know it yet. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, maybe I'm gay too. Right. And I don't know it. Right. But because we're friends, maybe we have this in common. And maybe people are with me being like... Oh, well, obviously Jason's gay and he right. just doesn't know it the way we are about this friend of ours. I think that's just a sophisticated thought. What, because have you, I wonder if you've had this thought. I've wondered like, have you ever wondered like, oh, that guy is a special needs. Okay, mm-hmm. so he, he, in our mind, has a lesser brain or whatever. I don't, know, I don't want to say lesser brain. Oh, but wow, d- really going there with uh, lesser brain. I just mean different. Yes. He, his sure, brain sure. works differently. Sure. And then I'm like, but he doesn't necessarily know. That we think of him differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying better or worse. I'm just saying differently. So then you ha- then I think a sophisticated thinker goes, what if everyone's just humoring me? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so it's the same thing with gay. It's the same thing with any type of different thing where it's like, I've sometimes well, people, wondered if I, I have... Mean, the do mo- people know an inherent truth about you that you don't know? Exactly. And that's like whatever it is. Do, they, do people understand you to a degree that you don't understand right. yourself and that they are withholding that information for fear of right. uh, 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 pulling the curtain away from you right. or, or, or whatever it is. I, yeah. But I also don't think that's necessarily true. I think, no, 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 I think sure. these are the things that you, you gauge for yourself. You know, Because you're like sonar, putting something out into the world, it's bouncing off of people and coming right. back to you, and you are making decisions based on Is that, that where performing comes from? For me, I'm going to say this very briefly, then mm-hmm. I'm putting it to you. For me, performing, doing this podcast, doing stand-up, doing videos, doing improv, it doesn't matter. I'm, ba- I'm taking myself and like a high lie ball, flinging it into the crowd and just seeing what comes back. I want to bounce it off of people. I want to resonate with them. I want them to reflect back to me. I want to reflect back to them. And it makes all of us feel a little bit more alive and present. Sure. I, I hope. Yes. Um, for me... Huh, that's interesting. For me, I don't do stand-up at all. I only do improv. I only do improv now. I used to do a lot of sketch, but I don't anymore. So I only improvise. And for me, the desire is very powerfully and very uh, single-mindedly pursuing um, 
pursuing being in the moment. Mm. The only place that I am truly like in the present tense in my life is improvising on stage Mm -hmm. because there is no way to, you can't wait for something. You can't like, you have to be listening and reacting immediately constantly. Mm -hmm. So it's the only time that I feel present in the world is when I'm improvising. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I am consumed with the fears and anxieties and stresses of my past and my future, Mm -hmm. both of which will completely overwhelm the present, you know? And so, so that to me is what I'm, when I'm performing, I'm pursuing, um, shutting off the part of my brain that is just worry yes. that is consistent worry and just literally me and another person are on stage and we are going to and it's 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 you and me are on stage and it's the two of us are engaging the audience because that to me is an improviser's that is the triangle it is the two of us and it is them yes. you know and that to me is what's interesting about improvising versus something prepared which is we have prepared this thing it is now to be digested by you. There is a relationship between improvising audiences and improvisers, which is we're all doing this. We are all watching this one thing happen for the only time it's going to happen. It can yes. never be repeated. Yes, yes. Sorry, TJ keeps calling me. No, answer it. I'm just really getting at what's interesting about improvising. Hey, man, I, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. I'm going to have to call you afterwards. It's okay. I just wanted to. I just wanted to answer and let you know why I keep ignoring your call. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll definitely call you right after, man. I, I, um, I'm in town, second. Um, yeah, it looks like I'm in town. I'm in town. Okay, man, I'll call you after. I'm sorry, man. No problem. If people call me like three times in a row, I have a pretty good answer at policy. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's smart. Yeah, I, they're actually going to do that on the new iPhone, that if your phone is on uh, silent, that if someone calls you three times in a row, the uh, new OS is going to put it on ring. Ooh, it's I, I be, like that, actually. Yeah, apparently you can turn it on or off. But like, I think about that all the time because I turn my phone off while I'm sleeping. You don't have to edit that out. That was like 30 seconds. It's fine. I mean, you can edit some. I don't know. I feel what is better. Just ripping the curtain away. I I think everybody wants to know the truth of how this unfolds. I think so, too. Leave it in. I mean, it's boring, but it's fun. It is boring. I couldn't uh, be more interested in what you were saying, and that's what made that uh, kind of tragic for me, was that I'm often in the pursuit of being in the moment. You mentioned anxiety. Sure. So that's part of it for you. You want to minimize anxiety. And I don't mean that in a dramatic or like a poor manzuka sort of way. I just mean like I, I wrestle with anxiety. I wrestle with thoughts that I don't want to necessarily be having or be thinking about constantly. Sure. And when I'm performing, you get into that mode where you are living millisecond by millisecond. Absolutely. You have to. You're measuring the crowd's response. You're measuring the actor, your wit's response. Yeah. You're thinking of your own thoughts. But at any moment, your own thoughts, which is what makes you such a delightful uh, interviewee and a delightful improviser is you're willing to forfeit it all for the next thing absolutely you yeah. have this always whole, moving forward always, always moving, moving forward. forward rolling forward saying yes and being present absolutely there's something it's very difficult to be present though in fact it'll freak me out if i try and just be present it's in, I, yeah you mean on stage or in life in uh, I mean in a private moment. Like sometimes I read about like uh, meditating or something. Mm-hmm. And have you read Be Here Now by Ram Dass? No. It's a good book. 
You would like it. I'm sure they okay. sell they sell it at our juice shop. I'm sure, <laughs> but they just talk about our the, juice shop. The quality of not like, our juice shop, which <laughs> not our juice like shop, not WME. I'm talking. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, that's my agent. Everybody, be cool. There's a mix. There's a mix. Uh, we um, should we take out that Jew joke that I just okay. That's fine. It didn't get a big enough laugh to quell my fear of racism. Uh, no, 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 I'm sure it's going to go over well. <laughs> Do your do your agents listen to this show? If they don't, they're, hey, they're not doing enough coverage. Hey, Pete, it's Brian calling from WME. <laughs> uh, a couple people have been talking about your podcast and the fact that you're kind of coming off anti-Semitic. <laughs> not a good show business move. You know I'm Latino, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're all probably downstairs here for Meltdown. Uh, well, Ram Dass, oh, it's Wednesday, yeah. They talk about how there is no... This is all like basic stuff. I'm not here to blow your mind. It, there's no time, there's no place, there's just here, and there's just now. Sure. And when we melt away those constructs, uh, calendars, time, place, uh, country, state, city, building, name, all that These stuff. These are like just- all of the initial setup things for a computer. What do you, These yeah. are all of the initial things you put into a computer to set it up. Like, where are you? Yeah, are you that's doing? right. The date, the calendar, that's everything right. you do. And then that computer runs your life. Yeah, that's right. And then you are a prisoner to this device you that give has it, all of the information. You in. give it the necessary intel to take over. Yeah. But if you unplug and sit under a fucking peach tree and just go, I'm here. One of the things, I'm going to change subjects a little bit. All right. Because we pursue things. And this is one of the ideas in that book that I love is we pursue these gifts. These He talks about ice cream cones. And we're like, maybe that next thing we're pursuing, maybe that next movie role, maybe that next, uh, the pilot I just did, uh, some book deal, some script deal, whatever it is, it's just like an ice cream cone. And it's all melting. You know what I mean? No matter what we pursue, it's temporary. There's no oh, permanence I see what you mean. to it. Yeah, sure, sure, It sure. will go away. Even if it's the best ice cream in the world, you're going to eat it. Sure. And then you're going to have that sticky ice cream mouth, and you, then you're going to want some water. There's no progress there necessarily unless we can go inside and really be here and be now and present and transcend these sorts of desires and stuff. And I know we've gotten into religion a little early for the podcast, but I'm just saying sometimes I read that stuff and it melts my brain. Sure. And I feel like, you know, I feel like you can read that stuff or I can read that stuff and I can think about that stuff or have a conversation like this about it. But then I still walk out and I'm like consumed with you know, and I just, I, you're, 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 it's so funny. Like, I came here from therapy, right? Uh-huh. And my, I spent all day in therapy today talking about an inability to make decisions. Hmm. I have like a crippling inability to make decisions in a way that I feel like is genuinely a hurdle to make, to actually success, hmm. to not success, but to, to successful living. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Life because success. because I spend more of my time being like, I gotta buy a dining room table. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then like months and months, and meanwhile, no dining room table. Oh, I tried. No. To, I tried to get you to do uh, meditation with me. Yeah. And like I remember, Saint uh, Saint Clair was like, "Good luck getting Manzucas to do," and she didn't say yeah. it in a mean way. Oh no, she she's just right. knew this about you that you yeah. will go back and forth, back and forth. Can't commit. Can't. Wait, I are can't. You... Like I can't be like. What does you that know feel what? like? Fuck it. I just am gonna buy that dining room table that I saw. Yeah. Be done with it. Why not? When you get the table, do you have buyer's remorse? If you I didn't... don't have buyer's remorse, here's the thing: I don't have buyer's remorse if I buy the table. But until I buy the table, I'm like, 
I might find a better table. Yeah. And I mean, apply this to just the rest of my life. Really? Oh, of course. Why do you think that is? I don't know. You know, so were you mocked as a kid for not deciding? Like, no, no, not really. Did I think you make I a know. bad decision. I'm not going to. I mean, like, listen, if you if you boil it down, if you really want to, like, crack it wide open. Sure. Like your it egg is, allergy. It, it is egg allergy. It is egg <laughs> allergy. It is this. It is this. <laughs> there is, for me, an inability to eat anything, and you eat all the time, right? If I'm going to eat something, I have to be sure 100% that this is safe to eat. Wait, it is egg allergy. It is egg allergy. I'm telling you. It is I, egg I thought allergy. you were doing a yes No, no, no. This is fast. real. This is like, this is. That like, informs the rest of your life. This is like, like I, uh, I obey such a hyper vigilance towards what I eat. And I need such a guarantee. I need a level of guarantee that is 100 percent in mm-hmm. order to eat something. Otherwise, I might I might literally die. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing is like the and it, it's it sounds really weird and whatever, but like like the, almost everything in my life, I feel like come, I was listening to and it occurred to me really late in life. I was listening to a radio show. Um, uh, fresh air and it was the, an interview with this artist and she was like I heard you have a life threatening food allergy to nuts and he was like yeah I do and she was like it must have been really hard to be a kid and have everybody have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and stuff like that and he was like well yeah it was really difficult he was like what's, what's difficult about being a child who has a, a life threatening food allergy is that you are no child should be made to be responsible for their own mortality all the time. Hmm. No child should be aware so often that they can die mm-hmm. and that every time they eat is another opportunity to invite death. Mm-hmm. And I like was driving in my car and burst into tears. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, that, that's that. And then I, this was year, this was when I was, this is a while ago, but I, I went in and I was, I, I had a therapist at that time. I went in and I was like, hey, this is crazy, but. I was listening to the show and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, and it occurred to me, I haven't even told you that I'm allergic to eggs. And mm. I've been seeing this therapist for years at this point. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what are you? He was like, scrap everything we've been talking about. That's it. Like, wow. that is everything for you is just that. And it's like, and and it's a huge thing for me. So so I can't buy a dining room table until I'm, uh, until I'm 100% sure it it's the right eggs. dining room table. Yeah, it can't have eggs. It can't have eggs in it. Yeah. And it, but it's like it makes no. But it's not appropriate, right? It's not appropriate to apply that vigilance. But when to your brain was being formed, done. You you were let out in. on your own. Your parents had to send you to oh, school yeah. and be like, "Hey, Don't I know die. you believe in Santa Claus and all this bullshit, but like, if you eat an egg, you're gonna die. Yeah. And not just if you eat an egg. If you eat a cookie." You yeah. can't have a. You don't let anybody give you a cookie. Don't let anybody give you candy. Don't let anybody. Don't trade food with anybody in the lunchroom. Don't eat anything from the lunchroom. Hmm. Don't, only eat what's in this bag. That's <laughs> or death. Or you can and like and that, and it, I This is an era. This is like you know the seventies. You know uh, late seventies, early eighties. This is an era when food allergies are not a big deal. People aren't aware of them. Mm-hmm. Parents. Parents would lie all the time. Not lie, but like the the lie of like hey, you're. Just, I had the kind of parents fine. that would have been like fucking Jason yeah. Manzukas thinks he can't eat an egg. Try the fucking Try egg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just eat this fucking cookie. You yeah, dumb. and I'm like I was the kid who was like I can't eat that if it has eggs in it. And the parents would be like, "You're fine," and I would eat it and I'd have to get it in an ambulance and go to the emergency oh room. Oh my god, you know, like crazy. So that template. Uh, is like applied to everything. Well, look at inappropriate little Gil running around. Gil is ten years old. He's he's our he, he's my child. Uh, I can't imagine that's true, but there is a child. There is a child, but he he, he uh, all us comedians are raising Gil partially. Okay, but uh, so he's ten. 
and I feel like most of us got uh, 12 to 15 years of immortal living. Mm-hmm. Growing up privileged, first world living. Sure. You know what I mean? There's no wars. Uh, yep. My mother grew up Lithuania. People are dying around her and all sure, this. Sure. Shit. I'm talking about like here growing up in fucking Lexington, Massachusetts. I didn't think I was going to die until I was, I don't know. I, I thought I was going to die all the time. You thought you were going to die yeah, all yeah, yeah. the time. I was just telling this to somebody the other day. I was like, because I'm, I'm going to be 40 in a couple of months. And, and you I look was, great, by the oh, way. Thank you. Thank Fucking you. hell. But I was like, I was like, and they were, we were having this conversation about turning 40. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not stressed about being 40. I don't think I'm old or anything like that. But I was like, what's really weird is as a kid, I was utterly convinced I was going to die young. Mm-hmm. Like, because I went to, like, I, like I said, it was very old school kind of way. Like my pediatrician or my, like when I was a kid would, in order to get me to not eat something with in order for me to take it seriously he would terrify me mm-hmm. and he would say he would be like you know i had a i had another kid another little boy your age he was allergic to nuts he went to a restaurant he had something and he is dead mm-hmm. he is dead because they didn't know so you can't eat anything or you, he would just like absolutely terrify me just mean older guy mm-hmm. and just it was like and it worked because i was absolutely terrified but mm-hmm. it was it was like that fear made me feel like, oh, no, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a real thing. And I could see my parents were constantly afraid that I was going to die. Like, there was... Because the, by the nature of being a kid, I would eat eggs accidentally in things and then have to go... And the minute you... The minute I eat eggs... <laughs> this, this happened to me. I was with... Uh, I'm, uh, I work on that show, Children's Hospital, and um, I was with Cordry, David Wayne, and John Stern, who were the producers of that show, and we were all talking and writing and doing stuff, and I, I ate something that had egg in it. And they were like, well, what's happening? And I was like, well, you guys are now watching the beginning of a process that is my death. And if I don't intervene right now with medication, and I just sat here. You have an EpiPen. Yeah. You guys would watch me die. You know, like, that's it. That's what's happening. Right now, I'm in the process of dying. Oh, my God. And they were just like, holy shit, this is crazy. And that's what it is. It's, I, it's, it's a very weird thing to be aware of, the fact that a process has now begun that, is, that will lead to my death. Yeah. Like, like rapidly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the mousetrap trap is in motion. Yeah. And if the man gets flipped in the pan, yeah. you're dying. Totally. But then an EpiPen comes and breaks everything. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is, it's a very easily treated thing. Um, if you are, if you have access to a hospital or an EpiPen. Yeah. You know. So you've many times shot yourself up with an EpiPen? Many times. In the thigh? Yes. Yikes, man. Yeah. Well, what does that do? I, you've touched on it a little bit, but I'm, I'm very interested in what that does to you. Can I, this is the only way I can relate. Okay. I watched uh, Dark Knight Rises. Sure. Recently. Just watched it recently as well. I watched it yesterday. I watched it on Monday night. Okay. All right. I saw it in IMAX. I saw it on IMAX the first time too. So I remember, okay, so Aurora happened, uh, the shooting in Aurora. Yep. And then when I saw Dark Knight Rises the first time, I was very off put because death was too real. I was looking at villains with guns in backpacks and going into the stock exchange and shooting into crowds. And I was like... This isn't cute. Death is real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it happened too close. Sure. Now, then I watched Dark Knight again 
further from the event and I was a little more relaxed. Then I'll watch it again in a couple years when, you know, God willing, we haven't had a shooting and I'll, I'll enjoy it even more. When death is like right at your doorstep, when every time you look through that uh, eye hole mm-hmm. to, the, to, the na- to see who's at your door and it's fucking death, how does that shape your life? Because I'm getting older and now I'm like, that's not cute. People do die. Oh, yeah. There are villains. There are fucking planes that get hijacked and why why are we celebrating bane that's how i know i'm older because when i was a kid i'm like yay and then there are other times when i just want death to come into my apartment and i watch raid redemption on blu-ray and just like watch everyone die but that that is facing death that's what that movie is to me that's what a lot of movies like that are it's like here you're afraid of death here's 300 people dying in 90 minutes it doesn't it feel better to know that everyone dies and you're like, yeah, I, I took – like you take what you're afraid of and you spend an afternoon with it makes it less scary. But those movies yeah, – what's interesting is though that those movies are presenting a series of circumstances that are almost impossible that would almost never happen to you in your life. You mean an evil and that's building? Why, yeah, that's why you can enjoy them because you're like – or not enjoy – yeah, because I, I enjoy the movie. Yeah, I enjoy it I'm too. like. I'm never going to be in these circumstances. There's never going to be a villain, and I'm never going to be a good guy going right. floor by floor saving. The things people. that are terrifying to me that are, you know, like the the Aurora shooting or September 11th or things that are true random acts of violence that are almost uh, is almost impossible to understand, those things are unsettling to a degree that is horrifying. But also, like, you can't – the circumstances are so random that you can't – predict that you will be in them right but like you know i'm also you know this is this gets into a whole other thing i'm also somebody for whom because i look the way i look people look at me like i'm a terrorist yeah people look at me in the airport like like watch out for that guy with the big beard right if i saw you at the airport and you're my good friend in security i would make a point to really be very gregarious and hug you and be like he's okay everybody wouldn't matter really i was just i just went on a trip uh like a month ago with like a whole mess of comedians we're all there boisterous blah 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 we're all hanging out and i'm like is this when your beard was really fuck off yes it was big it was huge um and we all went through everybody went through perfectly and they were like we're gonna need to search your bags again (laughs) and i was like really and i was like you guys go ahead i'm i'm right here and uh and they were all like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, no, this is just what it is. And then the same thing, we all went on the way back. Yeah, of Same course. exact thing happened again. Can I ask you something very weird that I'm not sure how I feel about it? Okay, make it weird. When you're selected uh, for ad- additional screening, yes. you called yourself, uh, fuck this. I, I don't like this question. You got a big fucking beard. Yeah. If I was casting a movie and needed a terrorist, I w- if, if I was doing a funnier die sketch and needed someone to yes. look like the shoe I get bomber, called all the time to be a terrorist. Of course you And do. was a terrorist in the movie The Dictator. And I'm not, I'm not here to say that that's yeah. okay or good or bad or sure. whatever. I'm not yeah. applying a judgment. I'm not editorializing. Yeah. I'm just saying that's what it is. Do you get that when you're stopped and you're like, yeah, it makes sense? I get it. I get it. But or I'm it also just... like, I, I get it. But I'm all, this is what I think, right? Because I feel like um, I get profiling. I understand that I'm being profiled. Mm-hmm. But I also think like if I just walked through the metal detector, nothing went off. Yes. My bags went through and nobody saw anything. I don't think it's necessary just because of the way I look to be like, we're going to do it again. Yeah. Because now I feel like they're just looking for something. Well, I wonder, are they doing it for show for the other people? Perhaps. I don't know. Um, and, and, and that doesn't and, justify it. And I'm just saying, I, I really, usually, I don't, it does not bother me. 
because I'm like, I get it. This is the way. This is what it is, right? Right. But um, I used to. I for a long time I had a girlfriend who was very waspy, very waspy, like white blonde haired girl, and it would make her livid. Hmm. It would make her so angry <laughs> that they were stopping me, that they were searching my bags. They she would be like, Why don't you just search my bags? What's the difference? Just because of the way issue, and I would be like, Please. Just calm down. Yeah. Let's just get through this. Yeah, yeah, it's totally yeah. fine. But that's what it was, you know? Um, well, she makes a valid point. You're, she's with you. Why wouldn't you make her carry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, totally. Or like they made that joke on SNL where it's like the three-ounce rule when that first came out. Yep. What, what stops me and you from flying on a plane? And let's say it takes six ounces to make this sort of liquid bomb. Sure. You and I each bring three ounces of it. it it's just – Oh, yeah. It's futile. Or you can have as many three ounce things as you want. That's also true. You know, so that's oh my fucking. By God. the way, this this podcast just got flagged by the of by, the Homeland, <laughs> by Homeland Security. <laughs> well, we we take listeners wherever we can get them. It's <laughs> nice to have you, big brother. Oh, government listeners. So tell me about uh, your egg allergy when you're with Jess Sinclair. Oh, oh yeah, uh, it's the Aspen Comedy Festival. Yep, we are doing a sketch show called "I Will Not Apologize." Uh, we are like. Young, coming out of UCB, New York. It's 2002. Yep. Um, Your bags are getting checked then, I'll tell you. And, uh, oh my God. (laughs) And it's our first night of our first show. uh, And we go and we eat. um, We go and we eat in the hotel kind of food thing there. Mm -hmm. Restaurant, whatever it is. It's not a restaurant, though. It's like a lounge or something. And I, to to completely remove any possibilities, I just get a cheeseburger with no bread, with no, like, no, cheeseburger and fries, like super bare bones, because mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way this has egg in it. <laughs> You're on your way to a show. The, yes. I eat it, then go straight to the show and start having an insane allergic reaction. Yes. And I'm like, fuck. Jess and- St. Clair said it was, like, not so much that. It wasn't so much that I was, like, going to die, but I looked, I was covered in hives and was sw- swelling. And I was like, and I took Benadryl, but I didn't give myself an EpiPen because if I give myself an EpiPen, I pass out. Oh, my God. And I was like, I got to do the show. So I took Benadryl (laughs) to try and mitigate it. But we were also at like high altitude. It was really weird. And basically, it amounted to they cooked the hamburger on the same grill that they cook eggs on. Sure. And so we do the show. I'm in like a Benadryl hallucinatory (laughs) kind of like, don't know what's going on. Lisa Langang, who is at the time like works for Aspen, comes backstage before the show and is like, oh my god, what's going on? You look horrible. And I was like, I ate eggs. She knows, she knew that, like, and she also is responsible uh, for one of the worst egg allergy situations. She had a Christmas party one year in New York that I went to, and I didn't eat, she had all this catered food, all this great stuff, and I didn't eat anything because I was like, all of this is suspect. I don't know who, who made any of this food. So I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to hang out, talk to my friends. Oh, look, grapes. I'll have a couple of grapes. That's fine. So I pick up two grapes, and the grapes have, like, sugar on them, like like a like a sugar on them. So I'm like, okay, cool. One grape, two grapes. Uh-oh. Hey, Lisa, what's up with these grapes? And she's like, in order to get the sugar to stick, you have to roll them in egg whites. And I was like, what now? Oh, my God. And I leave. I'm like, I have to go. 
Because the other thing that for me that happens is I don't want to burden people with my allergies. I was just going to say, you have the burden of like when people choke, most of the time they choke alone in the bathroom yeah. because it's embarrassing. I knew somebody who worked at Del Frisco's in New York City, a big yes. steakhouse. Yes. Like a big steakhouse for like Wall Streety money guys who said that people would die in the bathroom because they were men who were embarrassed to admit they were choking. Yeah. So they would get up, go to the bathroom, and die there. Because they were too, it was like too. They were too embarrassed. And you have to do this all the time. You're like, I'm about to turn into a hive monster. Yeah. So I gotta go. I got. And she was like, No, wait. What are you doing? And I was, so I, I go. And by the time, and so I get in the elevator. And by the time I hit the ground floor, I'm like, Fuck. This is bad. This mm. is like the worst reaction I've ever had in my life. Because I've now eaten two grapes that are just straight egg whites, like Ugh. crazy, non diluted, like craziness. Mm. My uh, the girl I'm dating at the time is 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 with me. And we get into a cab and are like, go to the nearest emergency room. And I, this so you room, took a cab? Yeah, I took a cab because it was faster than calling an ambulance because we were not far from, we were like 10 blocks from an emergency room. How so, did you know that? Are you always aware of where? I'm I'm always aware of what hospitals are nearby. I'm not even joking. Are I'm, you? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you aware right now of how close we are to a hospital? Yeah. If I had to go to the hospital right now, I'd go straight down to Sunset to, um, what's it called right there? Sunset and right past, um, What's the big hospital that's right like right before you hit Silver Lake right there? It's like, Kaiser. what is it? Kaiser. Kaiser. Yeah, Kaiser Permanente. Holy shit. I would go there. Um, but, uh, so I'm, I, I, t- I say, let's go to this hospital. Great. But I, I'm having an allergic reaction that is moving so quickly and it is so unprecedented for me that I have to then take my girlfriend and be like, if I'm unconscious by the time we get to the hospital, this is what you need to tell them is happening. You're like a werewolf. Because I was like, my throat is swelling shut, and if Fuck. I if I can't breathe and I pass out, I didn't have an EpiPen. That was the other thing. I didn't have an EpiPen on me. So I was like, Do you have an EpiPen on you right now? I do. It's in my bag. Yeah. Holy fuck. It's crazy. So and But I got to the hospital, and it was like, and it was fine. And that's the thing is, once I get to a hospital... Yes. They can. They know it. what to do. They can treat it super simply. I mean, I'm there for the rest of the night, but right. they can treat it super simply. Holy shit. But getting there, the in-between is where you – is a real gray area. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go back to this because I, I started to talk about this a little bit. What does that do to your psychology as a kid? Because there's Gilligan. Yeah. Gilligan? The- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there's Gilligan's Island. When you're a kid and you're so much more aware, when you didn't get that decade of immortality. Sure. Yeah. What does that do to you? Are you a morbid person? Are you a dark person? Are you a kind of pragmatic? Yeah. When we very. die, it's over. Like, I am very pragmatic. A it, religious? It, I am not religious. I am. Uh, I'm not religious. I'm very pragmatic, and I'm very like. For me, it is almost all like logic and almost like science. It <laughs> is just to me. I need to do this to prevent this. Right. You know? Don't eat um, eggs to live. Yes. You know, hypervigilance, you know, uh, uh, for, for food. Does that grate on your personal relationships? I suspect it does. <laughs> I suspect it does because, again, I apply that template inappropriately to everything else. Yeah. So I think it must be really annoying to date me because I'm vigilant towards things that don't deserve the degree of vigilance. Right. You know what I mean? Like, But you're so aware of it. I mean... Well, yeah, but don't you find that it, awareness doesn't equal... Like, yeah. Like, it's also, it's also baked in. You yeah. know, like, it is... There are certain things that are... That are, even in the face of logical understanding, are baked into who I am. Right. That it is only... Uh, that, I, that I feel incapable of... It, and it's one thing to be... It, it's one thing... It's... 
it, I'm better able now to recognize that I'm doing it than I was in the past. Yep. Now I can recognize, okay, this is what I'm doing right now is silly. I should not be this. And so let me try and mitigate that. Uh, let me try and mitigate this impulse of mine, which is, but I cannot not have the impulse. Do you ever wish, because I have my own psychological hangups, and I'm sometimes, sometimes I was like, I wish there was like some sort of camp that could teach me how to be... That's Ed Salabar. What is going on? Uh, meltdown is downstairs. Got it. It's so fucking... I don't like this. I don't like what's happening. Yeah, it's right annoying. Now. I don't like chanting of any kind. I don't like chanting. I don't like chanting. I'm just kidding. I love chanting. Do you love chanting? I do love chanting. What, what, really? Like when there's a big group of people and we're all out <laughs> running around, I love the like, group chants, like weird group chants. I like that. Yeah. When I did my, uh, sorry to keep bringing it up, but when I did my pilot, I had the. How did your pilot go? By the it way, it went very well. I, I think- saw you out to dinner. The night of your that's first right, taping that's right. at Little Dom's. That's right. You and Nick Offerman were having supper. We were. And I came and drunkenly told you that it went very well. Yeah, I'm glad. And how did the rest of them do? They went very well. It was great. great. It was a fantastic experience. And he I said had, it was great. That, I had, that's so sweet. I had the crowd chant, let's not fuck this up. Great. Because every pilot I've ever been to, and I'm not speaking down about them, there's this air of I don't want to fuck this up, but nobody ever addresses it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to say it. I said to the crowd point blank, I was like, Guys, I'm not fucking kidding you. I'd like a television show. Sure. I'd like it to be this. Let's not fuck it up. And they just started chanting. I like, it. It was, I it like was that del- transparency. It was a delightful, it was a delightful exchange. Well, I see. It's a line. So yeah, there's a line. lined up to go to the show. There's a big old line coming back. Uh, for the podcast listeners, this is utterly boring, but I'm transfixed by the occurrences outside no, the man. window. You know, I don't think podcasts have to be consistently engaging. Re- I'll say this. It's really hot in Los Angeles right now. Sure. Girls are wearing very little. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy that very much. Very little. It's nice to be the species, the uh, side of the species that is so visually uh, entertained. Boo, and boobs. Then also, it's all about boobs, Pete. I know. Boobs are great. And uh, boobs are pretty terrific. I make this point all the time, though. They used to feed us. And there's this, there's this lizard oh, yeah, yeah, brain yeah, yeah. part of us that's like... Feed us again. You ever have like a What's flash that? when you're... Uh, it doesn't, I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't happen when I'm having sex. But it happens when I'm uh, taking myself to dinner. Looking at uh, boobs or something. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Masturbating. Yeah. And I'll, I'll catch myself having a, a thought um, going back to like an infant brain being like, boobies feed me. Like, boobies make me feel safe. Huh. But what I'm saying right I now don't have is that. embarrassing. But I don't have that thought. But I will say, I will tell you a story that did happen to me, which is... Please. I hooked up with a woman once. Over 50? Who, no. Who was, <laughs> who was our age, but had an infant son. Uh huh, and <laughs> so we're. Oh, we didn't finish the story, did we? Of what? Finish this one, and then I'm going to take you back to Egg Show. Oh, okay, great. Oh, I'm Egg so, Show. I, egg Show. Here's the deal. I I'm survived. A bad host. Oh, okay. I survived. You Sing- did the show. I though. did the show. Yeah, it went well. Yeah, uh, we survived. I survived. Well, you're puffing oh, up, and you have oh, hives. No, no. And I'm like, and I'm also at super high altitude. I'm having trouble breathing. It was crazy. And but you still did the show. The show. I don't know if you've heard this before, Pete. Must go on. <laughs> and so it did. So I'm with this woman, and we are fooling her. Like, it's the first time we've kind of hung out, and we, we've had, like, a really funny kind of cute night. And and we are, like, and she is, like, I have a child, and blah, blah, blah. And she's kind of, like, you know, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. That I'm, and I'm, like, I don't, I don't care. You're really cool. And, and she's gorgeous. And we're, like, just fooling around. Like, you know, PG, PG PG-13. I'm talking, like, making out and boobs, right? Mm -hmm, That's it. Everybody's mm -hmm. wearing pants. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Anyway, 
And at a certain point, mm. and it's like super sexy. It's mm-hmm. really like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was super sexy. That's what, <laughs> that's what super sexy is to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and at a certain point, her son in the other room starts to cry. And she's like, I'm so sorry, but it's his feeding. I have to feed him. And I was like, oh, of course. And she's like, is that weird? I've, I'm, I'm sorry. And I was like, it's not weird at all, of course. But then this fascinating thing happens, which is so bizarre, which is her unbelievably gorgeous tits that I had been, like, coveting, yeah. like, sexually, then started providing nourishment to a baby. Yes. And it became the least sexual thing. And I was just watching something unbelievably beautiful yeah, 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 yeah and i was like this is crazy yes this is insane it's the right same now. body part it just shifted purposes Sh- uh, completely arguably it went to its only purpose we, we, i was you just were using say. it purposelessly I, I was using it yeah exactly exactly there was no point there's no evolutionary point to what you were doing no 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 except except to, to remember make a baby. yes to make a baby I don't know, man. I, I wonder if I hit on this point too much when I when we're on the show. But you sucking on boobs and and that kid Me personally, Jason Manzuka, you Manzukis sucking on boobies, <laughs> looking at a kid and noticing that that's beautiful. So you said that that was beautiful, yeah. And I, yeah. I would agree with you that that's a beautiful thing. And then there you are sucking on boobies and like that is reverting in your brain to the well i didn't suck on her boobies because they were producing milk yes okay there you go which i but you were coveting. that would have been weird but i was definitely coveting them because they were beautiful okay but I, it's it was a weird one i, I was like this is this is strange that's but, brilliant. But amazing it's it's brilliant and profound but like i i find that sex is a huge when i'm anxious for example and things are stressful in my life i will get uh hornier i will be sure. like i need specifically to have sex. I need like like I'll get a massage too. I don't like don't hear me wrong. I don't get aroused when I get massage, but I want human contact. Oh, I want I see someone to soothe yep. me and help me. But sex being a million times better than oh, a yeah. massage, but I want that uh thing and I think part of that is and this is the weird thing that I keep making this point, a reversion to that safety and that beauty that you had as an infant. But do, uh, I mean is that gross? Am I a weirdo like just shoot me straight? Am I no, saying well, something I would, really weird? I would, no, I mean you're not saying anything weird, but I would I would say you are well, I don't know what I can't say what you are doing, but I would think that it's less uh, that sex is a lot more about um human contact and intimacy and uh that makes you feel less alone that it makes you that quells your anxiety yeah that is i don't know if you're seeking to be a child but that when you're a child is clearly when you are the least alone you're the least alone that's you know perfect. when you're a child you are constantly there is a middle man to the world and you and that is your parents yes their parents constantly you know? yeah and they are constantly you filtering the world comes, yes. filtering the world for you and i mm-hmm. think that you know if you're you're most anxious and it, and you want sex what you're saying is like don't please somebody come and help me deal with i don't want to sleep alone i don't want to be alone i, I i'm tired I i'm overwhelmed I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the world and if somebody else was here to pay attention to right. me or to just even just be here yes. that would comfort me yes. because i'm not alone in the terrifying world that is whatever anxiety you are experiencing right. in that moment. And I'm not just saying this to be a sweetie, but like part of the sex is also the the, the talking and being like, this is what I'm going through. Like having a drink with a girl, going out with sure. a girl, and then having sex. It's the full package is like this great anxiety reduction. Sure, for, yeah. For me. Yeah. What was it like living in North Africa? <laughs> 
I'm not. I'm not doing it. That is a, the worst segue. The worst segue. You made me think ever. of a bunch of different things, but I couldn't remember any of them. So then I have a couple flagstaffs. Oh, so many. We have so many open conversations. Yeah. Which one do you want to go to? We don't, I don't have to know. Go to Northern Africa. Uh, hey, let's find. Let's 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 be honest and true artists and improvisers and just find something right here naturally and oh my God. without any panic. Absolutely. Not there isn't. There's never panic. Why I would know, we ever panic? Because we're being present. Because we're being present. And that's the why we wouldn't panic. Oh, that's why we wouldn't. Panic. Yeah, we're sure. not going to panic. It's pointless to panic. 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 Dude, I'm freaking out. <laughs> When's the last time you were on a picnic? I've never been on a picnic. Picnic? No. Kind of sounds like panic, panic, though. Pa- oh, picnic and panic? You, well, that's a. F- can you teach improv? You teach improv. I did. I, I, I haven't taught really in anymore. years. I haven't taught in years. But for a long time, like in New York, like that was. Um, that was that was like a huge part of like how I made a living. Taught it was, it. I taught improv. Was it humoring students who were fumbling about, or, or were you actually like, I think you can teach this? Oh no, you can definitely teach it. And I think actually, like in that kind of Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours kind of way. That's the first time a guest has brought it up before me. Oh yeah, um, constantly referencing Malcolm Gladwell. I, oh, same. He's great. Um, uh, in that ten thousand hours kind of way, like. I attribute a lot of like my um, advancement in as an improviser, not just to doing it, but having to go from doing it to being able to explain to people yes. how and why to do it. Perfect. You know, and that that's that next level. Because as an improviser, of course, you learn to improvise and you improvise, but a lot of what you're doing is instinct or impulse, or it's hard to exactly say. It's not like crafting a joke or writing a sketch or writing a script it is really it's moment to moment and it's really strange and sometimes it can be a really weird thing to to do but when you go when you're doing it and you're doing it well it's like it seems um effortless Mm -hmm. um but you can't exactly explain how and why you did it you know you and so having to then go back and try and say okay let me explain to you why this works <laughs> that or how this works. That didn't squeeze the magic out. That enhanced. No, your I, th- magic? I felt. I thought I, I became. I felt like such a better improviser once I started teaching. That's great. Um, I thought that was like an invaluable part of uh, of my advancement was <laughs> was was teaching and teaching for a long time mm-hmm. because that my understanding of how to explain it changed and then that uh, you just are con- like I feel like looking at this kind of performance from as many angles as possible made me much better. What I'm sorry to sound like James Lipton here, but like, what don't improvisers know? A lot of comedians, a lot of improvisers who listen to the show, and I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just wondering, what is like the capital L lesson? And it might be something as simple as for for me. I mean, for me, it really isn't like, and this isn't necessarily. I won't even say this in terms of like improvising, like on stage or improvising. I'm just saying like. As people who are performers who are called upon at any time to do something that is not scripted or that is whatever, to me, and the thing that I would always try and impress upon people was don't think that everything you do has to be funny Mm -hmm. and don't think that you need to always be doing it. Hmm. You know, like uh, a lot of times people think like, I need to always be talking, filling the space, and it has to be hilarious all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and my thing was always like, no, you, you would never assume that of any interaction with anybody ever. Mm-hmm. Like, all you're responsible to do is be interesting, be specific, 
And if you are, need to be quiet for a while, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just sit comfortably on. And I would have, like I taught advanced improv for a long time at UCB. And I would do things where I would make people sit on stage and not talk. Mm-hmm. And just have everybody. And, and the discomfort of people to being silent Silent on stage and being looked at Uh was so powerful and so palpable for them. They would be like, that you could just see them wrestling against the, because being a good improviser is basically how good are you at accepting and being comfortable in the inherent panic of being on stage, not knowing what you're going to do and 300 people expecting you to be funny. Yeah. Like that's it. It doesn't matter how funny you are as a person. It doesn't matter how whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter your anything. It is really just about how comfortable are you knowing that you're going to have to do something amazing in front of these people, but until you get out and start doing it, you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And it is your ability to mitigate that insanity that kind of that makes you either a good improviser or a bad improviser. Like mm-hmm. I knew people who uh, you know who were brilliant comedic minds who were so unnerved by the notion of improvising, by the notion of um, the the pressure of being on stage and being looked at, just the pressure of being looked at, so unnerved them that they could not be good improvisers. Right, they could be great writers, they could be great, but but the panic they could never get rid of that inherent kind of. I'm freaking out right now. Right. And so I'm going to, I have to talk right now and I have to tell you that you're my uncle and I have to tell you, okay, and, and make sure that you understand that you're a, you were a priest and that you molested me. Blah, 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 right, right, right. Blah, 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 panic, 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 panic. Because their eyes are on the end goal. Yes. Like I have, you and I their are Their eyes scene. are, I'm failing. Right. I'm failing because people aren't laughing yet. I'm right. failing. Right, I'm right, failing. Right, 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 they've, right. they've decided they hate me. Right. And the thing would all, my thing was always like, at the beginning, they're all on your side. Mm-hmm. They all want you to succeed. I think that about stand so up all the time. Take your time. Yeah, yeah. Build it. We're all on the same side. Yeah. They want you to do well. You want to do well. Let's just get together and yeah. do well. But what you're what you're saying brings to mind is the idea that if you and mother, that's your improv team. One of this was this team. was the yeah New this York. is the New York team I was on. Yep. If you went out and you were like, we're going to do a Herald, and by the end. Everything's just going to fall into itself mm-hmm. perfectly, and this guy's going to come out and do this callback, and then the lights are going to go off. That's impossible. Sure. But like you said, one of your pleasures of it is being so profoundly in the moment. Suddenly, this, the the sum is greater than the sum of the parts, or the whole is greater yeah. than the sum of the parts, and you start doing something that's impossible. Yes, which oh. is great because yeah. you free your mind. Yeah, and you you allow for the you have to you you allow for your uh, the the people in your ensemble. To all be like to all be, uh, you assume that they're all going to be trying to make this better, mm-hmm. you know, and you trust that we're all going to build the same thing. And if we are all in agreement and yes. we are all attentive and listening and 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 doing this right, we are all going to build this. You know, in in the sense of a herald, we're going to build this thing. We're going to start from a small point we're going to build it out into a broad thing and then if we've done it right we'll be able to see how to thread it back into another small point yeah and that's incredibly rewarding but it requires everybody to be listening and you know uh focused on uh, agreement and all the all the kind of all the little you know yes andy kind of improv right nerd stuff that we love but it goes back to kind of like almost like neanderthals picking berries together sure. and, and some of you go out and hunt and some of you set up you do some great mime oh, work yeah. and that's what i loved and that's what I loved about Mother the group was that it was an ensemble that was of varied skills 
And so everybody played a part, which was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get uh, you get teams that are like all big character people. And now all I want to do is listen to the show. That's I going know. On I'm sorry. Can you hear it coming through us? Not no. Really. Oh, I can hear it. But that's I fine. can definitely hear it. Yeah. Fuck you, Kumail. Oh, God damn it. Fuck it. We should wrap it up. Look soon through anyway. his luggage. <laughs> I got to go do an improv now. I made a racist joke and I need to laugh at it. Sorry. 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 <laughs> need to look at Kumail's luggage? Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, the frequency with which Kumail and I are up for the same part. Is that true? Oh, yeah. A lot? Sure. That's that's funny. you know oh, like it's all the, it's all the it's all the guys that oh. look like us you know well you kind of got robbed well not robbed uh, the Doug Benson portion was lovely oh let, it was let, great where were you finished we we're talking about group mind we we're talking about Neanderthals yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you have a team with a lot of character idiots oh it's it's hard you, you, you like it, it'll be super funny yeah but it might always it might not always be a great show you need that transcendent and that's the difference like for like to be like a real nerdy improviser is like I would much rather have a show that is funny mm-hmm. like really funny but then blows people's minds at the end with connections and everything mm-hmm. than a show that is just like has hilarious high jokes yeah, yeah, yeah. you know jokes or bits or stuff like that aren't interesting to me uh, when I'm watching an improv show I, I like understand. I like jokes and bits sure, when sure, I'm sure. when they're appropriate but uh, but jokes and bits in an improv show are defense mechanisms for people that don't know what they're doing because they're not killing right you know and they're or they're not building a good show they're not they're not investing in in their scenes and they're not building uh, building uh, games in that uh, that you can play in different ways, and that you can call back, and that mm-hmm. you can play analogously, and all of that kind of stuff. If if then you're just watching funny people stall mm-hmm. with funniness by by relying on the fact that they're funny, but they're not going to give you a great show, right? You know, so I don't know. That's great. You're making me miss improv. Man. Oh, I could talk about improv forever. I uh, know. I love it. it. It really can be one of the worst things in the world. Oh my god, when you see the worst. Improv. And believe me. Bad stand-up is right there in the same sure. same cubby, but look, when you see great improv, there's something re- something really special happens, oh, yeah. and you can even see it happening. That's one of the wonderful things is the people doing it are also blessed by the service. Totally, you know what I mean. Well, that's the thing that like I feel like is a very interesting. You know, improv and to talk about improv is so dorky, and especially to talk about improv that you do or that you've seen is so dorky. Mm-hmm. And that's, but it's that's actually part of what I love about improv is that it's a contract between the performers and the audience, mm-hmm. and it is basically like this is just us. This is we're the only people who are going to see this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. You guys are going to watch it. We're only going to do this show because of the word or phrase you gave us to do it with, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do it, and then we're all going to walk out of here, and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You're going to try and tell your friends about it, and they're going to be like, that sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and tell people that I know, like, oh, my God, we did a show the other night. It was so fun. And I'll try and describe it. And people are like, you're an asshole. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, but but in that for that hour or whatever, it was that was it. It's right. a closed system, and it's, it's fucking great. You were on the mountain, and you saw Moses and Jesus. Transfiguration. Absolutely. Yeah. And no one else ex- understands it. Yeah. It's, I, I'm not just forcing the religion topic. It's a good religion segue, though. <laughs> Taking your note, I was like, "What if I'm just quiet right now?" Yeah, not bad. Uh, we, I'd love to wrap it up because I'm distracted too by the show. Yeah, I, I want to well. get you to the show, but you, we'll do it again sometime. I'd love to fucking anytime you want, man. You're a fucking perfect guest. every week. Every week, I'm if coming you want a guest host, you sit in. You don't don't write a check. You can't cash guest, guest host in place of you when you can't do it. Do, you do that, that would be interesting. I've never done that. I think I'd have to be here. But I mean, like, if you want to sit in on anybody, I don't sure. give a fuck. We got to record like fifteen over the next two days. Is that right? 
Uh, we're in real time. Like this will this will release on Friday. Normally you would do the show and would release in two or three weeks. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, but we're we're up to we've caught up to ourselves. Uh, so, Mancy's, I'm getting tired of my own thoughts on religion. So, I would just like to hear your thoughts, and then we'll be done. I don't, you know, it's interesting. Like as a as somebody who is, I'm not very religious. I'm not religious at all. I wasn't raised very religious, but I was a religion major. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've forgotten a lot of it. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. The to briefly touch on what. We didn't get to because I didn't want to really talk too much about it. I lived abroad for a couple of years studying music that was meant to induce a state of ecstatic union with God. And what? so that's why didn't you let me get to that at the <laughs> beginning of the fucking podcast? You mean so, vibrations, uh, chanting, I, the chanting, um, repetitive like the whirling dervishes in Turkey, or like Hare this, Krishna. Uh, Hare Krishna would count actually. Yeah, I didn't study that, but what, yeah. what, what is the Turkey thing? I'm sorry. The whirling dervishes are a branch of uh, Sufi Islam that um, play music and do a repetitive circular dance that is meant to put people in a trance uh-huh. and, and and have like ecstatic union with God. You know. Uh, I also, lived, the the Jews at the Wailing Wall will do some something, rocking, yeah, something like that. Um, repeating of prayers. There's also yeah. There's also like then then you're also talking about ecstatic prayer or oh. uh, ceaseless prayer, which is another whole thing. Like I also lived in monastery in monasteries in Greece, wherein pe- not the time, not the sixty minutes one. Yes, the sixty minutes one. I you lived, lived there. I lived on Monathos for a while. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking lived there, yeah, yeah, eating yeah. vegetarian with all the monks who never get cancer. Correct. Correct. You fucking live there? Yes. Who harbored the Nazis? Yes. Fucking weird note. Um, lived there, and they well, have a whole other thing. I Well, I did a semester abroad in Greece, and we had to do a, an independent project as part of the school, uh, part of the kind of program I was on. And I'd heard about that place. You had to get permission from the government to go, and it had to be a whole thing. But I was Greek, so I had like a, a little bit of a leg up on people that I could kind of like deal with <laughs> stuff. So I was like, I want to go there. And they were, and the per- people who ran the program were like, Well, if you can get the government to sign off on it, sure. So I did, and so you, I got to go, and I lived there for like a little over a month, not not long, but long enough. You know, I was like twenty years old or something. And uh, and the monks there are all about ceaseless prayer. It mm-hmm. is like they... Well, uh, even in the interview for 60 Minutes, he was like, who's saying I'm not praying right now? Yes, exactly. like, you're taking a break to and, talk to us. And what you're doing is you're removing all obstructions. You remove, And this is what kind of I get really fascinated by is you're removing all decision-making processes from your day. So once you show up as a monk to the monastery and they give you a job, you are a cook. You're a cook for the rest of your time in the monastery mm-hmm. so that you don't have to think about your job. You just do it. You do it by rote mm-hmm. so that you can focus on prayer. So whatever you do, you don't, you don't cut your hair. You wear the same thing every day. You, do, you don't do anything that, in, that, that means that you have to think about it and make choices <laughs> and make decisions. And I'm, of course, obsessed with making decisions. So, um, so I love a lot of that kind of stuff. So like uh, – I'm, I'm I'm really intrigued by a lot of like the processes around religion, much more so than I am on the end result of what they're attempting to do, which is communicate with God. Mm. 
I, I like the simplification that they are processing. You they are can't even objectively deny that these men are uh, experiencing some level of ecstasy, even if it is just a trick, a mind trick. I think, well, yeah, no, I think they definitely are experiencing something for sure. I mean, like I, when I lived in Morocco, I would see people fall into trances and like put needles through their arms and like do crazy shit, like stab themselves with knives, and it was mental. But I was like, this is they're clearly having like a quote-unquote religious experience but it is not uh i i I mean i i don't know that it is actually i i don't know that it is anything other than like the human mind hypnotizing a chicken before you cut its head off a little bit by rubbing it between the eyes correct i grew up on a farm there you go i'm just kidding (laughs) everything i got that from a garrison keeler story oh my god that is the worst so you saw someone stab himself with a knife after he induced himself into a trance is he bleed i'm guessing he's yeah there's blood but it's not like it's not but he doesn't react doesn't react Okay, so what was your intention? Not to meet God? No, I you, wanted. I was. You much wanted more, to like. Help I was. With I was obsessed with the music. I was obsessed with the music that put people into trances. Music that put people into a situation where they felt like by listening to this music and and it's incredibly hypnotic, repetitive music that they were achieving a kind of yeah. Uh, that I found fascinating. Well, George Harrison said he sang the Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, mm-hmm. Hari, Hari. Yeah. I don't know all the words. But he said that to himself in his mind for like a week. Yeah. Like once he experienced the bliss of a repetitive, repetitive vibration that would calm your mind. There's sure. no. I do that all the time. I'll get a song in my head. I had an Eminem song in my head earlier. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm anxious. Sure. I'm worried. So my brain will go, you don't want to think about that. Here's one bar of a rap song that sure. you'll think about for all day because it minimizes my anxiety. Yeah. So these guys are coming and saying, let's focus on something good and pure and good, not like uh, Eminem, but let's think about God, let's sure. think about Krishna, and let's, uh, let, let's get to that next level. What, here's a weird question. Why did you lose your interest in this? I'm still interested in it. I'm still interested in... Or why don't you do it? Why don't I do what? Why aren't you trying to get into a trance? Because as you're saying it to me, I'm kind of oh, like, let's I never get in a tried. Train. I never. That's like a whole. That to me is that's like a. I'd rather be on this side of it watching than on that side of it doing. Really? Yeah, that's a whole loss of control thing. That seems like I don't know if I'm. I don't know. I don't know if I want to try that. Mushrooms? Seems, never. Acid? I'm guessing. Never, no. never, never. I smoked pot, and and I will now smoke pot. But I smoked pot like. The first time I got stoned was like three years ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't drink. The first time I was drunk, I was 36 years old. Well, I'm not even joking. It's my next podcast. My joke brain, I know, my joke brain just went, are you afraid you're going to eat eggs? And like, yeah. Totally. Of course. Loss of control. Too scary. You're going to stand yourself with a brain. What if I get drunk and I accidentally like, I'm like, you know what would be awesome? If we just got sandwiches. And I just started eating a sandwich and died because everybody was like, he was drunk and he didn't know he ate eggs. I, I, I don't have... Uh, I mean, that's incredibly reductive, but I, yes. I suspect that's why I didn't drink until I was 36 years old. Sure. I'm not positive because I never had that conscious thought yeah. of like, well, I can't drink because of eggs. I literally never had it. But I also, when I was a teenager and people were like, let's get drunk, I was like, I don't think that's for me. Yeah. And it's not. And that's why you're here. Killing it. Just <laughs> killing it on the podcast. Can I ask you a couple more questions about the monastery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got to pee like so. Oh, bad. you do? Oh, and I got to go do an improv show. Hold on. All right. Where did you stay? You, you, how long? You stayed in like a monk room? I stayed in a monk room. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I stayed in. Well, you know, the monasteries all they're different. They're all different. Like there's the 60 minutes one focused on a number of the big ones that look like fortresses, right? Mm-hmm. And on so, the cliffs. Yeah. So they would have like guest rooms. Um and then okay, I really have to pee and now my body is like doing that thing where I told yeah, you earlier which is like you have to pee immediately. Let's wrap I will it up. come back. And and I will go pee and come oh, back yeah, if you yeah, want to yeah. talk more. But you know I where the gotta, green room is? No. Just take a right. Take a right out here. Go out the. Go down the stairs to the right. Thank you. Sorry, Mancies. Oh no worries. Hey, Gil. You want to be a guest on my podcast, real quick? Sure. How you doing? Here, put the earphones on. Can I keep this in? Sure. Are you kidding me, really? Yeah, we were just talking about you because you're ten. What are you eating? Candy. What kind of candy? Hard candy. Hard candy. Well, we got two kinds: hard and soft. Like cheese. You ever have a nice soft cheese? I don't really like cheese. No, yeah, cheese is kind of weird. Can I see your candy? Sure. It's, it's cool. yellow, so it's like cheese, I guess. It's what now? It's yellow, so it's like cheese. It is, yeah. <laughs> you know, the moon is made of cheese. Has anyone ever told you that? Is that folk? Cartoons have told me yeah, that. Yeah, cartoons have told you that, but you never believed that? Mm-mm. I probably believed that when I was your age. I think you're doing pretty good. You're figuring, you're figuring out the world. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you said things have been going well. So you just turned 10. Yep. And now things are going really well. Yep. What does that mean? What 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 turned your way? Um turning 10, I guess. I'm double you, digits you, now, so yeah. You just feel double digits yeah. and there's just like a better feeling about that? Yeah. In general? You know that reminds me, Katie, we need to change the um Sorry, uh, Katie, we need to change like the thing on where it says nine-year-old girl kills. I know. Yeah. Oh, I about that. We oh yeah, we need. Yeah. Too. You got to update your Twitter bio. Yep. Because you're ten now. Do it right now. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that broke my teeth. I think. Yeah, I think I heard that. This is Avengers brand candy characters. Yep. So you just ate Iron Man, presumably. Did you like the yeah. Avengers? That was I liked it. What was what was your first impulse that you didn't like it? You were about to say something, but you you censored yourself, Gil. Um, I I wouldn't call it my favorite movie. By the way, if you're an Avengers fan, you're probably saying right now, why, why? But why? It's not my favorite. It's just not my favorite. You think you're going to run into a lot of people that love that movie? Yeah. But you didn't love it. No. Nope. What took you out of it? Why? What did? What did? It's just that it's such a, and it's just such, a, um, original that it just it just doesn't feel new to me. Oh, you've seen it all before. Yeah. He's ten years old. He's already feeling like it's all been done. Mancy's. What's happening? This I'm is back. Gil. Gil, how are you? Hi. A pleasure to meet you. So let's finish this up <laughs> yeah. real fast because you got to get to a show. Uh, oh, yeah. Gil, you don't have to take those off. That's pretty sweet of it. No, I, you. I should. It's okay. Zuki's take him. Yeah. Gil, just sit in. He's a fan of the show. Love it. He's a staple here at Meltdown. Can I stay here or? You can stay, man. We're okay. just going to do the last couple minutes here. Okay. So you stay in the monastery. Yeah. A, a lot of monasteries. Some, some would have guest houses. Yeah. For people like me. <laughs> and then some were very small and there would just be a room and I would stay there. Wouldn't it get, wouldn't that get in the way? These are guys that don't want to learn a new trade, don't want to change most, their clothes. Most of them wouldn't talk to me. So most just, of them wouldn't talk to me. You're just floating around. I'm, or, or, well, you're working. Like they put you to work. What like, would you do? 
anything, you know, from Raking like right, yeah, from yard with a yard work type work, like outdoor work, to like I would work in kitchens, I would work like cleaning, I would just do whatever, whatever they asked of me. But they didn't care that you didn't have a religious agenda. Well, I no, I also think that like for them, I'm Greek Orthodox by birth, so I think for them, it. To, I think a lot of a lot of what I was there doing was I was interested in what they were they, they technically were practicing my religion right so I think for them they were trying to I think foster my belief I see you know so secretly maybe they were praying for you I'm sure I'm sure very interesting I, I feel like we're gonna let you go now Zooks sure I, I love you and I feel like we could talk about this forever but you got a show and it's nine o'clock uh, Gil do you want to say keep it crispy it's the end of the show we always end the show. Oh, it's your show. Yeah, I know, but the guest says keep it crispy, and you were kind of a guest. Uh, I was a guest for like two seconds. Yeah, you can. So you say it real fast. There you go. Nice work, Gil. Manzukas, now you, you were on the show for a while, so you got to say it slow. Do I got to say it? I really got to? You also don't have to say it. Some people opt out. <sighs> I'll say I keep it crispy. <laughs> Zuki's fucking fascinating. Oh, sorry, Gil. Very fascinating. Watch your language in front of Gil here. Gil, I'm sorry I used the F word. Gil? It's not oh, cool he didn't to even swear. notice. He didn't notice. All right, good. He didn't notice. I don't have good hearing. All right. Oh, good. Well, that's worrisome. Good. <laughs> You're young. Like up close, just really close. I still have horrible hearing. Oh, boy. Well, I'm, I'm s- worried about you. You should get your ears checked. If I ever run for president, there's going to be audio evidence that I swear in front of children. <laughs> So thanks so much, Gil. Thanks for being here. Uh, well done. Thank you for having Man, me, Zucas, you're, you're you're the king. Thank you so much for doing this. Well yeah. done. I'll see you later. Keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com.